Hey everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Real Deep Cuts podcast. Today, we're going to be reviewing that Spielberg killer, Cool Jaws. Uh, fuck me. Okay, I said that instead of the. It's all good, baby, baby. I'm fucking like anxious as fuck as. Get it out, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Okay, I gotta chill. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fucking losing it. Okay. (laughs) What? (sighs) (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. Get it, baby. It's all you. Yes. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 4 of the Real Deep Cuts podcast. Today, we're going to be reviewing the Spielberg killer, Cruel Jaws. Afterwards, we'll have some general film discussion of things regarding news, physical media, and things we watch throughout the week. My name is Raymond. And my name is Richard. <laughs> oh my god! Dude, I'm what supposed to go fuck? second. I'm supposed to, hold on. Oh, and my name is Jeremy. Okay. Okay, no, no, no. I'm and gonna say my name is Raymond again. Okay. Okay. No. Three. <laughs> yes, bro. Three, two, one. My name is Raymond. And my name is Richard. Oh, fucking! <laughs> You're falling for it, Ray. How are you gonna let this guy get you twice in a row? <laughs> and my name is Richard. <laughs> <sighs> All right, Fuck you both. For real. All right, go again. Okay. <laughs> my name is Raymond. And my name is Richard. <laughs> Oh my god, <laughs> fuck you both, dude. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not doing it again. Just move on, Ray. He's gonna keep getting you, man. And my name is and my name is Jeremy. Rich keeps interrupting me. Rich. Fuck tell you guys, name. man. Tell him your name. And my name is Richard. And, and my, my name, name is Richard. <laughs> and my name is Richard. Alright. Oh my god. Wait, 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 we're done. We're done. Tell I hope everyone me. listening. Moving on. Everyone listening is doing well. Happy Juneteenth. And happy Father's Day to all the pops out there, especially my pops. Shout out to you. You're probably never going to listen to this, but I love you. You're a great father. Uh, you great. You raised a great son. Probably not, but either way, you're a great father. And to Rich's and Jeremy's father, happy Father's Day to you guys, too. To all the fathers one. listening, thank you for, get, for, be, <laughs> for being great fathers. Um, overall, Thanks, yeah. yeah, I mean... Uh, I'm not a father, Jared, but I, yeah, I'd like to. I mean, shout Richie's out my dad. Richie's dad. What's what's your dad's name, Rich? Big Bob. Big Bob. Okay, Big Happy Bob. Father's Day to Big Bob and Paul. Um, Paul, Paul will be Paul. coming in. He'll be coming yes. in today, right? Make so, sure to stay oh for the last segment. We're going to be calling my dad in celebration of Father's Day. He uh, listened to our second episode where we talked about um, Ford versus Ferrari and determined it's a. Uh, dad potential as a dad the movie dad is it dad or um because it wasn't appealing to us but i felt that it was perfect for dads and he'll come by to confirm if this is true um so shout out to my dad he'll be uh, on later so tune in for that stay tuned for that and uh, also shout out to all the people i know this can be a pretty tough day for you know some folks out there you're in our hearts we love you and uh yeah that's all I had to say about that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Groovy. So how are you guys' weeks? Both of you guys. Um, my week's going good. I'm finishing up your top 10 list, right? I think I just added a banger. To You're finishing up the list as we record this podcast? I was that sure is diabolical. just one or two. Oh, okay. Depending on who well, that's acceptable. Not, but uh, sorry, uh, I just added a good yeah. one that I truly believe is all you. 
We'll see, I guess man. we should mention another segment that we're really excited oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is our top 10 of the 2010s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will get to that after our review of, uh, of Cruel, Cruel Jaws. Jaws. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. How about so, you, Jer? How was your week, man? Uh, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, just, you know, lots of films as usual. Kind of a laid back, enjoying the weekend. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, just really lit, just really making good use of my, all my streaming accounts that I, uh, am totally just freeloading off of from other people. It's great. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. My week was pretty good. I mean, Tell I went to, it. I went to Palm Springs with my mom and dad. Uh, we spent like Saturday to Sunday there. That was like the highlight of my week. But it was a great week overall. I mean, trying not to lose my mind half the time, but it was it was good either way. Did you get a tan? Got... No, I, I didn't. My mom and dad did. They went they went swimming in the pool. And it was really cool. We went to like a resort too, like J W Marriott, I think really nice place we had some good food good drinks um yeah it was a good time it was a good time for my parents so it was for father's day so nice, man. it nice. was a good time yeah yeah well all right fellas let's well, get into what about cruel... rich you don't want to know about he, his he just week? said he just said i yeah. didn't really say actually much no but i did go rock climbing <laughs> i went into a rock climb yesterday i guess uh sorry not rock climbing technically uh damn things uh, are already getting a little it's like... called it's called bouldering if you've ever been bouldering you know? huh? yeah what's the difference between that and rock climbing um i guess rock climbing is when you're actually you're harnessed in and you have like the ropes i don't know they just call it bouldering i couldn't tell you i never uh, did anything <laughs> else other than bouldering so maybe <laughs> i like say rock, rock, say rock something? climbing bouldering doesn't sound it's, as cool is bouldering like bigger rocks or something to climb no, on or it's, is it just... it's all indoor i guess uh bouldering is just like you know it's like 15 feet high where if you know oh, you have okay, like somebody okay. at the bottom i don't know what they're they're doing at the bottom i guess they're like your counterweight or something but they're there no. to make you feel like they'll catch you but in actuality they will step back and let you fall <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> yeah what are they gonna do if you're falling from 15 feet up I'm high like, catching what anybody you... yeah exactly <laughs> That oh, makes man. two people die. Dude, you ever have 150 like pounds like at least coming at you from yeah, no, I don't that's know, 20, true. We're not 20 both feet eating out. shit. Only one of us can eat shit. Otherwise, we'll both just eat it. Yeah, no. Absolute facts. But that's Absolute that's about facts. it. Um for me. So right uh, yeah. Right Moving along. Moving along, or anyone else wanna talk about their week? Uh let's just get right into cruel jaws man let's just get into it all right all right i might be butchering his name bruno Mattei. you got it that's bruno Mattei, cruel jaws directed by bruno Mattei, 1995 i'll give a brief synopsis this time it's even more personal than last time a tiger shark bred by the navy as a killing machine is wreaking havoc in the sleepy tourist town of hampton bay there is 3.3K views on Letterboxd, and it's starring David Luther, George Barnes Jr., Scott Silveria, Kirsten Urso, and Richard Dew. Basically nobodies, let's be Basically honest. nobodies, that we have no clue <laughs> who they are. Uh, but yes, yeah. initial thoughts, fellas. I just want to say, go first? I, I'm the one who kind of threw this in there, so however it went. I apologize, or you're welcome. Uh, but <laughs> well, why? Uh, why would you apologize? Yeah, why would exactly. you apologize? 
with in case this was you know just <laughs> dreadful like atlantic rim like you know our our previous episode but um mm, okay. i had heard that this was you know a good time despite it being a total piece of shit and i will say i thought it was i did a good time of, you mean I did think it was a good time. Yeah, I okay. laughed quite a bit. It was definitely an improvement over Atlantic Rim, and there's more for me to talk about. This one had charm, whether it was like the 90s yeah, did. like feel or something, and just like kind of more self-aware in like a more fun way, I would say. They did more with the stupidity of it, I think. And uh, mm-hmm. it, there's, you know, there's something about it that I did like, and it was fun. And I think it could be improved on watching with friends and also uh, getting plastered. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Rich, initial thoughts, man? Um, I thought it was like the, well, having seen now Jaws uh, for the first time and then going to this, it was definitely mm-hmm. one of those, like, can I copy your homework? Just don't make it look like I copied your homework things. But it was still funny. I thought there was like a lot of laughs to be had. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just felt kind of choppy. I don't know. I guess going from Jaws, you know, initially right after to this, it maybe hit a little bit different for me. I, I might have judged it a little harder, but um, you know, mm. I guess since you know Jaws is mostly classic and universally seen by everybody, uh, um, I think I yeah, I think I just judged it a little bit more harshly. But um, I don't know. I still had some, you know. I mean, if it was your first watch with it. Jaws, that makes sense. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. why because. I, again, I, I enjoyed this a lot more than our last deep cut. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like a, it didn't feel like mm-hmm. a complete ripoff. And uh, there was a, some genuine big much... laughs I had in this. Maybe not as much as something like Captain Alex, but like I laughed yeah. pretty hard at some moments. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a quote here in Letterbox. Someone said uh, Ziglet underscore Mirror says it's not a question of so bad it's good but so tastelessly plagiarized that it's excitingly daring and <laughs> I, I agree with that like this movie literally takes footage from the original jaws and the other jaws sequels and other jaws ripoffs and just kind of puts it Mashes in this movie together <laughs> unapologetically and just yeah and it assumes that you don't know or don't know doesn't care it just puts it in there for a lot of the underwater shots pretty much all of them i think and the only Mm -hmm. thing that is actually like bruno Mattei's like creation are they just terrible you know people stuff the actors that just talk like they're from another planet and just you know acting terribly and all that (laughs) written stuff is is great in its own way there's a lot of quotes that i that i loved so i think his contribution is still something to note but it's mostly a complete ripoff in every regard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you. I what feel did you. you. Think that's, that's basically the consensus that I had. It was like a ripoff, but it was fun. At first, I thought it was going to be as bad as um, Atlantic Rim. I was like, "Damn!" Like the dialogue mm. right off the bat, like that scene. I was like, "Dude, this is shit." And then, like yeah. <laughs> after about like. 30 minutes in and I'd probably say sooner than that I noticed like the charm of the film and there was like one part of that movie where my jaw just dropped and I actually had to bump it up half a star but it was it was charming <laughs> it was fun there's a lot of things that just made me laugh but it does have its charm it's like a really fun movie to watch mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be bad but I enjoyed my time I was 
invested the entire hour and 34 minutes, I believe. So mm -hmm. that's a good sign, especially for a deep cut that's like rated as 2.4 on Letterboxd. But it was a it was a grand time. It was it was much better than Atlantic Rim. I think I would say even this would probably be my favorite deep cut we've done so far Ooh. besides uh besides captain alex i think it's two different films you know what i mean right. like captain alex obviously it's just such a fun time you can't really take it seriously but i think cool jaws there's like stuff that's redeemable about this and that's probably like it's more than just like the jaws scenes that they took <laughs> but it is redeemable it's funny it's a good mm -hmm. time yeah it's, it's just a great time yeah uh, I'll oh, yeah. say what isn't redeemable for this film. This is probably my biggest, one of my big gripes is just there's a lot of characters in this one. Whereas the, you know, just the original Jaws has, you know, like four or five like main people. Mm -hmm. You don't but like this the whole one, Hogan impersonator? That, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> well, that guy, and, and I don't know if all those people are his family. It was weird. And then there's the sheriff too. And then there's. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Everybody has like a son and their son has friends and it's, right. it's a lot of groups and it's mm -hmm. just a lot of people. And I was just a little just confused sometimes. Uh, not that I was trying to take this film like extremely serious as far as, you know, following, you know, mm -hmm. uh, each group and like mm -hmm. who their friends are and who's on who's, you know, who has whose best interest. But uh, yeah, that's the only thing that I was just a little like annoyed by, I guess, was just there was way too many people. Um you know, kind of like mixing it up uh, with other groups. So I agree with that. I agree with that. I think the first part I was like, who the hell is who? Like I, I would exactly. tend to forget who the people yeah. were, but then as the movie went on, I actually remembered their names and stuff, but it wasn't like you did. You know, Holy shit. I did. Honestly, I, did. Yeah. I can there's, name like most two of them right who look really close, <laughs> who look very, very similar. And at first, Oh, I, I know who you're talking them. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and they're from the same group in the movie like mm -hmm. they're from the same crew so i know who you're talking about yeah but i can remember most of their names like because i was comparing them to the people and the characters um in in the real jaws like the actual original jaws because mm -hmm. there's you know obviously some obviously yeah the, the, like yeah, the similarities were being mm -hmm. used in this i do remember mm -hmm. the use of dick brain a lot and i was remembering characters names of who was called a dick brain and who said yeah, dick brain yeah. that was a good determinator but there was one what was the other saying they were like i'm gonna cut off his balls or something oh, yeah, like, they just that kept was, saying that over that and over like city slogan off. i'll rip yeah, off it was like balls. pussy yeah. inspector too um oh there's, yeah there's uh yeah oh man there's some great lines obviously there are, there are. the biggest the biggest line for sure is we're going to need a bigger helicopter, which tells you everything <laughs> you need to know about this movie. Oh my but also, gosh. I love the, like the little girl who is like, just, I mean, she's a little girl. I'm not going to really criticize her acting, but like, yeah, she clearly yeah. had no coaching whatsoever. I don't even think they can. Absolutely try. none. <laughs> she was Absolutely like, but, uh, can we put your, can we please put your daughter or can you put right. my daughter in who your cares, film? Right. Like, just, right. Just, very, that, very. that scene because even the adults couldn't act so why would a kid act but yeah. the scene where the grandpa's like talking to her and she's like uh or he first of all he looks like her grandpa and she calls him daddy which yeah was so Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's his dad that's her dad yeah that's it doesn't make dad. sense but whatever <laughs> she's like she's like daddy why do sharks eat people <laughs> Because they're hungry. Oh my god! <laughs> they're always hungry. <laughs> Does oh, blood man. come out? Oh uh, yeah. You know you're gonna have nightmares. You keep talking about sharks, like <laughs> just terrible. I loved it. Though. I mean, stuff Dude, like that. 
Yeah, there was that one scene with that daughter. I think it was the nemesis. What's the guy's name? It was Dag and Dag is the dad, which is Hulk Hogan. Hogan. And then the guy that was trying to buy his aquarium or whatever the hell that was and trying to turn (laughs) it into a hotel. Remember, it was like, like, oh my gosh, it's so convoluted. But Dag's son, which is Susie in a wheelchair, the little girl. Her brother is Bobby, right? Or yeah, it's, that's it's, oh, that's no. what I gathered. It, right, it's, it's Bobby, yeah. and that's Dag's son. So Dag is a whole Hogan, and the girl Gloria, I guess, hangs out with Bobby and Susie, the girl in the wheelchair. And what did the guy say? The guy that was trying to buy his <laughs> my jaw literally dropped at this line. He was just like, "If you don't keep your son away from my daughter, you're gonna have to buy another wheelchair or something like that." And it, just cut to the girl, the girl in the wheelchair, just crying at that, like, just rude comment. I was just like, oh, my God. So that's actually two different times my jaw dropped throughout the film. But that was the first one. And I was like, I can't believe they actually dropped. Dude, that you had a cruel jaw jaw. I almost did entirely forget about that, you know, other plot or that other, you know, conflict and them buying the aquarium. uh, Oh, yeah. He was trying to turn into a hotel. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The part that actually didn't make sense a lot more like 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 a scene where he's on the boat and he like brings his binoculars up to like see out oh. in the ocean and then it cuts to the fucking underwater shot of an octopus that's clearly from a documentary or something yeah and it was just like wait what did i, I had to rewind that i was like, did he just pull binoculars out to look out in the ocean and then it cut to an underwater <laughs> shot of a fucking octopus <laughs> it's like uh well, let me rewind that back real quick. I just had to make sure that was correct. So. I thought you were going to make the point of when it shows the shot out in the water and then the guy pulls up his binoculars and I'm expecting to see something closer and it's just the same shot. You know, oh. it's like the <laughs> didn't add any, any actual zoom. <laughs> That's why I just kind of threw my hands up and I was like, all right, well. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, this movie has. Oh my god, how are we not? How is it taking us this long to get to this? What? Which one? Star Wars theme, dude. Dude, oh my god! I had to, I had to rewind that back to make sure. I was like, (laughs) is that the Star Wars or the Superman theme? That's that's picking up because the build up and it's just the build. It's it's not fully Star Wars, but the build up is totally the build up. Yeah, it's like a part of it. The swelling up of the 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 string instruments, like the it's all the boats basically packing and loading up and you know shipping out to go hunt. Did it twice, dude? Yeah, it was. It wasn't just once it was two scenes where they put that damn song in that i was so solidified confused. this as like masterpiece status like Honestly, they just yeah. totally like all didn't give a fuck, were like. fucking tossed out. <laughs> 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 oh it was glorious it was glorious it was Absolutely funny man loved that um and then my favorite moment i mean i i i hope this is all your guys's favorite moment because it was this might be my clearly, second jaw drop this might clearly be the best fucking moment in the whole movie Tell me. that like i've had to rewind i've nearly cried laughing was Tell the fucking, me. when they're when the when the well, first the guy falls into the water he's getting <laughs> and then, and then you got it dude pouring the kerosene you got it. she's trying to pour the kerosene on the shark but she's like without any fucking effort oh La- my pouring God. kerosene all over herself and everyone else around her and then someone simultaneously pulls up a flare gun pulls the trigger and the whole boat it just dude. fucking explodes and it is amazing it, it was went half a cinematic 
<laughs> fucking perfection. That was ridiculous. I like my jaw dropped. I was like, yo, did this just happen right? Now? Even afterwards, when right right after it happens, and the other people on the boat are like, "What was that?" and the guys just looking out, "That was an explosion! <laughs> that was an explosion!" <laughs> they immediately cut to people that were just like completely oblivious to that shit. What oh was my that? god! <laughs> that was oh. maybe another issue that I had with this. As fun as it was, sometimes there was a lot of deaths for the characters, and they were just cut away. It, it paced just it just skipped forward. Where you'd probably witness oh, yeah. somebody just getting chewed alive or something, and well, because they didn't would, even have the budget or means to show. That's what I getting figured, killed. but yeah. it just—it <laughs> right, still yeah. never—it never felt. It's very unsatisfying. In yeah, that, exactly. Uh, it never felt it right. Just, like literally, it looks like oh, like this guy's getting eaten by a shark. It's really just an actor in the water who just like swims down backwards. Yeah, and there, like there's no blood or anything. Like it's so fucking lame for the for a lot of the death. For a lot of the death scenes there that you reuse the infamous leg floating down to the bottom of the sea in, yeah in this movie that's in jaws the original jaws mm -hmm. they use that but they like they like fucking uh you know crop in to like somehow hide that which is like dude just show the whole fucking thing if you're gonna <laughs> like use it like we're gonna i can tell that's a very iconic shot like there's no point in trying to hide it um, by the way really quick i'm gonna use this mm -hmm. time do you see any sound waves coming on my end? Yeah. Okay. You I don't see mine. Waves. I don't I see, see mine, but I, that's why I can <laughs> see your guys's. I don't see mine. I'm just wanting to make sure because it was freaking me out. I'm like, before we get like three hours deep into this. Um, oh, you're good, man. All right. Let's, you know, three, two, one, get back into it. Uh, one, one part that I actually did particularly laugh at uh, early on was it's basically when they first find the first corpse. And you know, immediate oh, zoom in, yeah. just, like just that was sh probably like, the best right effects in. in the whole movie. Yeah, and then yeah, they're yeah. they're discussing like, hey, we need to do an autopsy to make sure that this is actually a shark attack, and they're in the autopsy room for probably like less than a minute, and they just unzip the body bag. <laughs> guys, just yeah, this is a shark. <laughs> they, just, they cut right out of there onto the next scene. It's I don't know. I just thought that moved hilariously fast. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> the way Jaws builds up to it is just so masterful. Like, yeah, in is. comparison, you know that whole scene where they're putting the uh, the cream over their right under their nostrils, you know, mm -hmm. to block the smell. Like yeah. that whole scene is very well. Uh, at least in the in the original, I remember it being very well done. Yeah, and I do. Don't they do that in Silence of the Lambs? Yeah, too? that's where I remembered it from. I didn't actually oh, I don't notice that it. in this in Jaws. I don't know if I don't remember that. But wait, did I they not just, do it in Jaws? Am I mixing? I don't think up? I. Do I don't think I remember them doing it in Jaws. The just from my, where they, they just put they on from of the Lambs. They put like the vapor rub on their noses. They do that in Silence of the Lambs. But okay. I don't actually remember seeing that in in Jaws. But that's exactly what I thought Jaws, about. So that's embarrassing. I should have known that. You just watched. I the did first time. too. Maybe they do. It. If anybody out there can refresh just, our memory, I don't know. It's like this. weird. Like, pull up the I'm... scene right now. <laughs> my ass, dude. I don't know, but uh... but that was definitely. I, I I immediately thought of Science of the Lambs over you know Jaws, which okay. I haven't seen Science of the Lambs in a while. So I haven't seen that in like a few years now. Maybe like three, four. I years. will say the um you know at the end of all these movies, you know it's not a spoiler. The shark gets got right, and that's yeah, what happens I mean... here. They re literally reuse a death shot of one of the Jaws 
death scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's not their own, so they completely steal is it. Is that but, wait? Where is that stolen from? Is that from I don't know Jaws? which Jaws it is from, but, but it's it not the first one. Okay, it's not so, the first one. I don't. think. That's why I was like, wow, this. I'm curious to know what other ones they stole from because there was mm-hmm. points where I was like, oh, like that's a very realistic looking shark shot, you know, for when they oh, had yeah. like the shark head. Well, even in the original Jaws, they use real sharks some in for some shots mm. i'm use... i'm i'm talking about like most of the like the shark head i don't know oh, which, right, right, which right. if you're talking about just like the underwater shots where you could see the full shark kind of just like you know tail swimming through you know, how about the, the fact but... that they're using a shotgun to kill a shark <laughs> like i couldn't imagine a more terrible <laughs> weapon <laughs> oh my god it use. reminded me of a lion a like... lot of them had shotguns yeah Dude, everyone was using a shotgun. The only guy that was using a sniper rifle was the guy in the helicopter. But everyone on the boat had a shotgun. That whole helicopter fiasco is so dumb. Just the fact that you would throw a piece of meat on a string down (laughs) with a hook and expect like, I don't know what they were. I don't know what that plan was or the idea behind it. (laughs) Trying to reel up a fucking 30 foot great white. Yeah, take him out. So I just thought that was hilarious. And the guy never cut the line. It took the pilot yeah. like way too long to tell him like, Hey, you better cut that line, buddy. Otherwise, you know, we're going to go down in this thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, don't know. Some, some of those parts were, yeah, there we could nitpick them, but I was actually enjoying them. I just, at that point, that part, you know, in the movie, it was yeah. just, you know, fully on board with just the, you know, just, this is too dumb to mm-hmm. not actually laugh at and enjoy. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed cruel jaws for sure this is uh you know it's the one that i i recommend super super redeemable I mean, oh yeah for i think so is. too absolutely for i think that is. even that like obviously there's so many different things that they take from the original jaws like literally the main character billy is matt hooper from jaws that's just like the same exact guy same premise same ending yep <laughs> It's just, yeah, everything is pretty much the same, but it's comical. It's charming because it knows what it is. It's not like trying to pretend or anything like that. And the acting is obviously not top tier. I wouldn't say there's any like super strengths about this movie, but if you view it for what it is, you're going to have a grand time. And I think it's redeemable. I think I would rewatch it depending on the setting, of course, but I <laughs> I mean, it's only an hour and 34 minutes, which is like a good time, I think, especially if you're like a fan of the original Jaws, I don't think you would you know, regret watching this film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was fun. It was the a really, really fun the, time. Uh, shark, you know, the way, the way it dies in this one is very similar to the original shark death in Jaws. Oh yeah, that's but right. Yeah. The difference is like, you know, the reaction um, in the first one, how they're like cheering and they're like, yeah, like, oh my God, we did it. Mm-hmm. And then versus this one, they're, they're cheering, but it just is totally different. It's like their football team just <laughs> scored or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> clapping, and it just fades away. Oh, it's just man. like the most anticlimactic reaction. It was so that's weird. kind of most of the movie though again with like the deaths it's not that that's you know climactic yeah that's very that's a very heightened you know mm. thing you're supposed to see and it like when the girlfriend dies you know it's just she's getting oh, eaten alive and he's just screaming her yeah. name and then it just cuts to like the hospital and they're like <laughs> wheeling out the disabled girl and yeah. i don't know it's just i was like wait what this feels like somebody like recorded over like a vhs tape and it just cut too soon away mm-hmm. um yeah, but uh, also, uh, what did you guys did you guys laugh at that part with the like Italian goons 
that oh, were yeah. just oh that made no <laughs> sense i was, I like, was completely lost on their presence yeah i was just like i just accepted it like all right cool i figured they yeah. were like you know hired muscle or something but yeah. I, I did laugh that's when the movie started to i guess that's a moment that, was, that made uh... me feel self-aware where it was the characters. Oh, yeah. I don't know who they knocked out. I can't remember, but the characters are like checking oh, out yeah, the boat. Oh, yeah, they did and, knock them out. Yeah. And they're, they're just like looking at the boat and they're like, okay, does everything looks good here? And then you just wrong. Like, yeah, he was like wrong. wrong and, and they just went <laughs> over the head. And it's, I remember laughing at that part. So yeah, there, there are a lot like redeeming yeah. laughs. I think, uh, yeah, you guys are kind of refreshing me a little bit just because I was looking at this a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. in a poor fashion after having seen, uh, what i have never seen before josh <laughs> yeah that's like one of the best movies ever made versus like the complete dog shit ripoff that mm-hmm. does have charm but it is you know it is what it is i mean apparently um the director bruno Mate, like he wanted this to be called officially jaws 5 yeah and because mm-hmm. there are, there are Why? three other jaws sequels <laughs> and they're all bad that's the funny thing it's like jaws 2 3 and 4 are all bad like people have found redeemable things in each of them but like they're pretty bad, especially especially when you compare it to the original. It's like, what was the oh, point yeah. of these ever being made? Mm-hmm. And but then this guy comes out and he's like, I want to make this Jaws five, you know. And the studio was like, Absolutely not. <laughs> like, what do you do? What do you think? <laughs> so he found a loophole in the copyright to call it Cruel Jaws. It's technically not Jaws, not part of the franchise. It's its own thing. So that's what this is. It's his Cruel Jaws, and still obviously a ripoff in name. But well, th- that um, explains it, that yeah. explains why I was wondering why would somebody try to mock this film twenty years later? Um, like but, he wanted you know, to like, make Jaws five, beat. man. He had a he had a vision. He had a but dream. it wasn't even. I don't know how the other Jaws are. I'm sorry. There but, are other things that they took from other. Like um, I think the aquarium thing that's definitely from Jaws. 3. Oh yeah, okay. Okay. that's from Jaws three yeah, yeah. D. If I would, remember, or would you two? say this? Would you say this is I mostly kind of copied from? The original Jaws the most, though. I would probably, say so. Probably. Okay. Story-wise, yeah. Okay. It so, seems I mean, to be that's kind why, of a that's celebration of the whole like Jaws that. franchise. But in my opinion, you know, uh, I certainly, I think I would enjoy this more than the other Jaws. I haven't seen the other Jaws, but like, there's just no way they could, because they're all kind of just shit and boring yeah. in their own way. This one is totally just like in-your-face fun uh, for the sake of it, just stupidity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say that this one is a success i think it might yeah. as many people joke that this is the second best jaws film in the franchise uh in terms of enjoyment <laughs> even though it's quite obviously very well might be <laughs> yeah um, very well might be so yeah my rating is a you know a four and a half for enjoyment half for a film but a, it's getting a, a golden orange heart unofficially mm, okay. on letterbox just a heart because you know yeah yeah you can't it's hard to rate something like this i Absolutely. don't feel bad about giving atlantic rim a half star though yeah i feel like all of our <laughs> deep clubs are going to be like hard to review you know and as a serious film as like, a rating forward. star rating yeah. concern sure but yeah, then you know then you get atlantic rims that are like fuck this movie it gets a yeah half. that's just absolute dog shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah what about you guys I'd probably recommend this one if you enjoy mm-hmm. Jaws and if the franchise truly is as bad as, or the rest of the franchise is, you know, just super serious and I don't know, shitty and mm-hmm. I don't know, not, not worth mentioning. Then I could see why I, I did laugh. I did enjoy, you know, a lot of parts of this film. Um, I was very critical of a lot of parts of this film too, but I think I was 
on my Spielberg high horse. Um, I enjoyed it though. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I'll say that. Okay. What's your rating though? Like star wise, entertainment and then as a film overall, I'll give this a solid, uh, four, three and a half. Actually, let's lower that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> not get too crazy. That's yeah. three and a half. All right. Yeah. I would say, I would say one and a half for as an actual film, but three and a half for entertainment. I actually, you know, I sat throughout the entire film. I told you guys last week, Atlantic Rim, I was on my phone half the time. It was just, it was torture. And then Cruel Jaws comes around after I watched Jaws. And, um, you know, not my first time, but after watching Jaws, I still had fun watching this film. And I sat Throughout the hour and 34 minutes, I enjoyed the entire time. The ending was a little weird, especially in the aquarium thing. I was just like, okay. Oh, my God. That, dude. <laughs> it just ended. Way I was like, it, no, the right. way that it zooms in on them laughing like <laughs> fucking aliens. They're like. Yeah. It was fucking weird, man. They're just zooming in incredibly close, like crash zooming on the little girl laughing. And then the guy, oh Hulk Hogan God. laughing. It was just like, whoa, is this just, just step into like surreal fever dream territory? And then it just ends. And it's like, okay. <laughs> it was almost Lynchian, bro. It yeah, was just like, it was, was all a dream, man. <laughs> that was absolutely, that was great. That was a cherry on top as far as it I was. Know. Yeah, that was funny. And also just the guy in the end, the, the guy that was trying to buy the aquarium. That's the only name I can't remember. But he was just, I thought he was going to get killed by the goons. And a, he just gives the money to Dag and the aquarium. So I was like, what the hell happened? Like, that storyline, I think, is the only weakness, but I think I enjoyed the movie um, throughout the entire thing. I and definitely I definitely turned my it. brain off for that whole yeah. storyline. It was, it, was, it was one of the glaring weaknesses. I think probably the only weakness where I was kind of just like kind of bored mm-hmm. during the film, but for the most part, I wasn't that bored. Um, but yeah, I mean, we did watch Jaws prior to this, and I was so happy that we did because there was so much more that I got from it. Um, this is probably like my fourth, fifth time watching it because I watched it as Git, but, um, you know, I watched it throughout the years too. So, but I got a little bit more out of it and I enjoyed Jaws a little bit more in this watch. How about you guys? Did you guys, you guys rewatched it, right? Or Rich, I, I rewatched you watched it, it for the first time. Um, I love the movie. It's just mm-hmm. one of my favorites. It's like a perfect Spielberg at blockbuster yeah. adventure movie. Mm-hmm. The script is great. The character is great. The just everything it's smartly written it's it's the sh- it's shot creatively uh it's just it doesn't really waste any time with its premise it's a very simple premise but like it just executes everything very well in my opinion so it's yeah. really hard to knock the film for anything like i always forget that this is a you know a drama and first and foremost uh turned adventure but yeah the characters are rich just love the writing and a classic and it's totally dad core which is why we chose to watch it for for dad's day yep but i'm excited to hear what rich thought because this is yeah it's your first time cherry getting popped yeah yeah this is my first time ever watching jaws and i i thoroughly enjoyed it uh for having never seen it um i feel like i can truly appreciate the tram ride at universal now i'll say that um but um by the end of it, I almost wanted more shark too. Like I felt like there wasn't enough shark action. Like I was really wanting some more, but uh, I thought the characters were really well. And even like the interactions between them, uh, what's his name? Quint. I thought, you know, I thought oh, it was yeah. kind of cool. They all had great dynamics. Every character stood out in their own way. 
they were all very memorable. There wasn't, uh, he's like a dove there wasn't too many years. Um, but uh, I thought it worked well uh, between everybody. I thought all the all the characters uh, and the personalities mm-hmm. worked well together. And uh, yeah, honestly, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a cool little, uh, you know, like town scare of a movie. Um, yeah. Honestly, dude, even after watching this, having, you know, again, never really seen a shark movie. Um, and I know there's dozens of them. I like, I could see how this would fear monger, like people to not want to go into the water. At oh beaches. yeah. It was even nothing else like it's this. summer right now. And I could just already, even, I didn't even think this was that dated again, like with the shark like effect. I don't know um, how hard it is to make like, you know, an animatronic shark look believable in comparison to a real shark. But I thought it was, I thought it was pretty convincing. I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was, you know, kind of, I didn't think it was outdated by any means, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit, but mm-hmm. I don't know. That could have been like my first time watch impression, but um, I thought yeah. this, I thought, you know, if I'm going to be, you know, completely honest, I thought this held, held up well. So um, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. timeless, man. It doesn't really age very well. It's funny you say that about like there not being enough shark because that was kind of not intended like the shark because the, you, I'm sure you've heard the stories. Mm-hmm. The shark was always down. You know, they get on the walkie. The shark is down. Repeat. Yeah. Shark is down. The shark is not working. The, the shark, shark is not, is not yeah, working. Yep. And then they'd just have to kind of work with, you know, shots of the ocean, like kind of mm-hmm. playing off of what you don't see and then kind of leaning more into the drama aspect. And so that kind of works in terms of suspense. It worked in their favor. Yeah. An element. Yeah. But like ultimately the lack of shark was, you know, kind of a byproduct of the failure of Bruce, the mechanical the mechanical fish they used, but um, you know, I think it does work out well in that favor. But mm-hmm. one of the things too is like, I don't know, like this was the first daylight horror. I want to say, like in term, like this, it's weird to classify this as horror. I, I would say it is, it, but it is a lot of things. It's drama, it's adventure, and uh, it does have horror elements for sure. Like the body and the boat that like jump scare pops out. Like that's fucking mm-hmm. scary. And that got me. I didn't expect that. I thought yeah, maybe that was probably like the the one thing that it's was one of the most effective <laughs> jump scares that always like, gets ever. Me. It always gets me. It is so effective. It's so creepy. I mean, this is really a, a slasher film. It's a monster that's killing people, and it's just a force of nature. It doesn't think. It doesn't discriminate. Mm-hmm. It kills anything and everything. And, uh, yeah, so for having something like, yeah, that can not only make you scared, um, of the beach mm-hmm. and going to the beach and fear of sharks, but like, you know, having it occur during broad daylight, you know, in the sun, that's also kind of uh, not likely or not common for horror. Like horror usually takes place at night. So that's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. And it was also the first blockbuster, you know, it, this was really it. Like they just threw Spielberg a bunch of money to. Yeah, do, do his thing, and it turned out to be you know the first great daylight horror, the first great blockbuster adventure film, which is kind of like pioneered a lot of shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will say though, on this watch, I noticed um, what was his name Roy Sheeter, the guy who plays uh, Martin Brody, the police chief, main character. Mm-hmm. Is it just me, or does he kind of look like a shark? This is like his like <laughs> nose, his like bridge, <laughs> like he doesn't really have like a like a a curved nose nose bridge is kind of just like flat and pointed. He kind of looks like a shark to me. I'm like, not with you on that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. It's it's like a... 
I don't know. Let me see. But I don't know what I, picture I you're looking more at. In sorcerer, <laughs> in sorcerer, he looks like a like a shark dude. Okay, but now I pulled it up. Uh, he his his um his headshot. He kind of does. I'm not okay. even gonna lie. Yeah. All right, good. I'm, I'm it's kind of pointed, you know. Like his face is very. He just has a like a sharkness to him. I don't know. <laughs> sharkness. <laughs> Whose death I really did enjoy because they finally let us see it. it was Quinn's death. I was kind of bummed, but I was like, that's a good death. You know, I thought it honestly ended maybe a little quickly because they just kind of paddled, you know, into mm-hmm. shore. But um, but that was honestly a very dreadful part of the movie, too, was the, b- the ship actually sinking. And, you know, oh, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know the big finale. I didn't know Amazing, that yeah. the shark was just going to, you know, be blown up. Mm-hmm. But um, a classic line too, as he's sinking with the boat as a sniper rifle or rifle whatever just looking down and he's just like what did he say he said smile you son of a bitch and the dude just fucking explodes <laughs> that thing just explodes like into smithereens like that is just it's insane because it's a spielberg movie and it's just i was like oh There's my god one curse word you get in a pg movie yeah. pg-13 i don't but that was gory man you're pg-13 yeah no for sure that, imagine that last no i always insane. think about the smell uh, of a fucking exploded great white like that like that yeah would be what is he bad. like a 25 footer that's what quint said he's like a yeah. 25 footer <laughs> all right well do you guys have yeah. any more thoughts on jaws oh not really i think the first half i like the second half more i like the interaction between the three characters that's why i think i got more out of it um, the three, the dynamic between them and the the last scene, like where the boat is sinking, it was actually terrifying for me. Like mm-hmm. seeing Hooper go in there and he's just like struggling to get his dart. And honestly, that that's a that's a huge fuck up on his part. I'll say I'll say that he did. That yeah. didn't slide by me. I was that's like, basically you know, you know <laughs> Quint's death is on his hands. Yeah, like he <laughs> fucked up, man. Like you just killed Quint. So it's like thanks a lot, bro. But like <laughs> Quint's death the one was to like to like still hold grudges against mistakes that characters make. Like, he's, like, he's, he's still bitter about it. He's like, fuck, man. I, I was telling you, though. He was like captain of his boat, and he was pretty much just like, you know, fuck these guys don't know what they're doing. Like, yeah. he was just, you know, yelling insults at the end of every, you know, statement. And I thought was that was that, cool. that guy was grumpy as fuck. But, you mm-hmm. know, at the same time, that guy was probably the only guy who knew what he was doing. Um, yeah. yeah. It was a bummer to see him go, but. Good, it was like old a good school versus though. new school. Yeah. So it was just, yeah. But I also didn't really, I was telling you guys, I was texting you when I was watching it, um, Richard Dreyfus, who plays uh, Matt Hooper. I didn't yeah. really like two scenes in particular. I think it was the scene where he was ripping off, or yeah, he was cutting open the first shark. It was just like over-exaggerated. And also the autopsy scene of him. I felt like that was over exaggerated in his part too. Where they're like gutting the shark, yeah, that, the tiger shark that's like hooked up. You mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your issue um, with it? You just kind of didn't like. I just how didn't like it his, was... how his acting. Yeah, it was just like overacting. I felt oh, like not I his. Felt... Okay. okay. No, no, yeah, yeah. But as the movie went on, I came to like the character and his performance. Obviously, it was just it was fun. Like that's Cooper, why I really man. liked the second maybe half. Maybe it's because I think the voice out of, of the three of us, out of the mm-hmm. three of us, I would be the Hooper. I think. You know who no. that, that actor looks like? He look in the movie. He looks like David Duchovny a little bit. I don't know why, but I was like, "Is that David Duchovny's dad or something?" It just he looks very, very similar to him. He's kind of short, stocky. Has like a lot of the same face. Um, hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I didn't actually know that Drink was Richard this. Dreyfus. 
But um, he's great in American Graffiti as well. He's probably no, one I of the best characters it. in that one. Yeah. Well, that's my thoughts on that. Same, um, same. It was okay. fun though. I gave it a four stars out of yeah, four stars out of five. Um, I don't know about you guys. Did you guys give it? Uh, yeah, probably around the same. Anywhere four, yeah, four and a half. Um, it's a classic. I can see why it is. I can see this why is it is. Five banger. All right, it's just as that's a five banger to you. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't oh. doubt that. I, I think that's you know that's fair to say. Uh, five banger for Jaws. I mean, it's just a 1975 blockbuster film by Spielberg, and for the time, I'm sure it was probably a five star. So I can't argue that. There's no way in hell. There's I'd just argue nothing that. wrong with it. I love like every minute of it. It's mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's I respect five it. Five out of five. I respect that. I respect that. Yeah. All right, fellas, that's it for Jaws. We'll get into the top ten list of the 2010s now. Just to note, we did create a list that we thought would be for Jer. Like, for instance, for me, they created a list for me, both of them, Jer and Rich. And I did the same for Jer and Rich as well. So we're going to play a little game and see (laughs) how correct we really were in regards to our top 10s of the 2010s. Jer, you want to take it away? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll first do our own list. We'll rotate going down all the way down to number one and then see at the end how correct we were. Uh, again, this is not the top 10 list, the top 10 of the 2010s. These are not the best objectively best. Right, right. These are your favorites. These are the ones that you love that you watch over and over Mm -hmm. and over that are special and unique to you. So with that being said, uh, let's get into it. Welcome to the real deep cuts. Top 10 of the 2010s, where Raymond, Jeremy, and my name is Richard, will divide amongst (laughs) themselves to determine their top 10 films of the 10s. Many lies will be told, many films will be left out, and some undeserving ones will be thrown in. Together, at each other's throats, they will get to the bottom of their facades and determine Whose list is top teniest? And my name is Richard. <laughs> and my name is Richard. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> oh god. All right. Well, since you know Richard's so uh, so anxious to introduce himself, let's let him start with his number yeah, 10. Yeah, Rich. I got a crazy one for you, number seven. Are you guys ready? So my number ten. And I'm ready for all the heat is M. Night Shyamalan's Split. And, okay. and let no. me tell you why. Because I was right, blown away. Good. I was blown away by all of those performances. It's not as higher, to be honest. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, just, I, I really do enjoy that film. Even as a standalone, not as a part of the Unbreakable trilogy, but you know, even just putting it off to the side on its own, I think that movie is mm-hmm. really, really impressive to me. So, yeah. Um, pretty pretty blown away just by McAvoy's performance. Obviously, he carries the the whole film, um, but I thought it was really really well done. That's all I gotta say. Hell yeah! yeah. That's all I got. Is that crazy? Is that crazy to say? Is that a crazy? No, I, to we're, we're totally yeah. on board here. Really? That's probably that's probably the one I was expecting to get the most shit for. I thought there was gonna be moans no. and groans and. Like, There's no judgment here. There is no judgment oh, here. Well, my judgment's coming. I, I you guys care. are not safe. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I don't care. Wow. 
All right. Just saying. Okay. All right. All right. And then that's just on to you guys. Yeah. yeah so Ray, because that's our usual rotation is Ray. Okay. So mine, my number 10 of the 2010s at number 10, Mr. 10, Blade Runner 2049. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I really love this film. I think it was great. It was a fun time. I'm a, not a huge fan of the original, but I really think. That what do you mean? You said is... the original is better than this No, no, one. no. I'm saying, well, I can't, <laughs> you know, I can't say that I'm like a huge fan because I feel like there's like Blade Runner fans out there that are just going to blow me to smithereens with their trivia and all that stuff. But I think Blade Runner is amazing and Blade Runner 2049. I know some people say that. This movie took some of or took what wasn't great about Blade Runner 1 and implemented here, but I think they're wrong. And I think it's a fun time. I think Ryan Gosling is amazing and I think his character is great. Story is great, storytelling. Um Wait, you're just, saying that people took the bad things of Blade yeah, Runner 1 and apparently, put it in here? yeah. I think I remember opposite. I was talking to my friends uh I think the total opposite. Yeah, I thought the total opposite too. I thought like they emphasized what? What? the movie what? and the message. <laughs> the message even more and what's i what's going on here what's going on here what's going on here what's going Whoa. on here fuck you dude <laughs> fuck you <laughs> guys out of control man <laughs> he's going in and it's just number 10 it's only number 10 this guy is this throwing is shit all over. <laughs> oh my god podcast. yes blade runner 2049 number 10 for me jer go number 10 right now <sighs> Oh, man, this is hard, man, because the number 10 spot is probably the most contestable spot. So many great films got shoved out because mm. of because of this spot right here to just make it into the top 10. I'll tell you right now what, you know, uh, maybe I shouldn't say what's what's didn't make it because then you <laughs> give us your 11 then give us your 11. <laughs> give my, us 10. my 11 was Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, that, okay. Which, by the way, Ray, you have it at a three stars out of five. Insanity. Do I? Yes. What's going on here? But I don't remember. I've only watched it once, but I'm probably being hard. The real. To, I rewatched all of these movies. I kind of revisited specific scenes to like mm -hmm. just make sure. Like, are these my top movies? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Make sure. And I did revisit Mad Max. Loved it again. But then mm -hmm. today on the framed. It was Mad Max, and I didn't get it on the first try, and I was like, that's a sign. It isn't really a top 10 movie. I didn't get it on the first try, and I, I didn't rewatch the whole thing, but still, it was kind of like, right. this, this, I would be a liar, because mm -hmm. it's clearly not. So anyway, my number 10 is Paul Thomas Anderson's Phantom Thread. You piece Fuck. of shit. I oh my god, I forgot about love that Love this film. film. <laughs> and... <laughs> You know, I mean, it's Paul Thomas Anderson, <laughs> just one of my favorite directors. And I will say when I saw this in theaters at the Arclight, rest in peace, uh, I didn't love it. I was I actually leaned more towards what the hell was that? Mm -hmm. And that's not the first time I've had that experience with him. His movies master, which almost narrowly missed this list. Uh, I didn't care for it that much. I was like, that was fine. And then on a rewatch. It just clicked, and then on a rewatch, it clicked more, and just became just. It just kept revealing itself to be something grander and grander, and I was like, yeah. "Whoa!" Like I rewatch it. I now have to rewatch it once a year, uh, specifically around Christmas time because it kind of gives me those vibes. But it is amazing, and I love it. I, I knew I you were bound it. to have some PTA on this list. I, I absolutely yeah. knew it. 
I fucked up. I'm not gonna lie. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so how do we get Man, into my name is Richard? How do we get into wait? So just explain to me again. Are yeah, we, how are we revealing? Are we like, revealing well, our you go options? Number nine. You go to number nine. What about you and Ray? Shouldn't we just be did revealing? my number ten? Shouldn't we? No. What no, I'm no, no, saying no. is we're not doing that until after. Oh, oh, okay. All right. All right. No, not you. Not not till the end. Not till the. Not till we're okay. all done. Okay. 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 All right. Go ahead, Richard. Turn your uh, fucking train off. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so my number nine is um, Zoller's Bone Tomahawk, which I gotta thank Jeff for putting what? me on. What, mm, dude? Actually, I did okay. not see okay. this coming. Yeah, man. Right. I, that I movie, that movie, like, through my. Why like, is it at a four and a half then? Me? Yes, you. <laughs> what do all of these got to be fivers? I don't know. Like sometimes I just. Well, I'm not certain you had, immediately. I you had more than 10 fives from the 2010s, so I figured that this one would be. Nah, you're giving me way too much credit, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just, uh, four and a half, five, they're pretty interchangeable to me. I don't know. I still yeah, yeah, consider, okay. it's just tough to always sometimes feel comfortable just giving out the five. But then I agree, there's also other times where I just give it out too easy. But mm, this okay. film just, you know, Without even realizing it, um, until you pointed out to me, it was the same director as Cell Block 99, which just, you know, haven't seen that. M- made complete sense. This film's like, in my opinion, a lot better. But um, yeah, the, the pacing and just the, the quiet tone and the very grounded realism it has. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, it's very unexpected. Things just kind of happen when they happen. Uh, I really liked it. And it's absolutely gritty and gruesome. Uh, it's also kind of, I guess you would call this a horror, maybe. Um, definitely a thriller kind of uh there's just a lot of suspense built in there almost to the point where you get comfortable and then bang like you're just you're caught off guard so i really like that about this film it's a western too and all the performances it's a jam-packed cast too so Mm -hmm. uh, i thought it was great film and it was much deserving of the list hell yeah hell yeah brother yeah Mm -hmm. i respect that one i haven't seen it but i respect it i respect it what i guess we're moving on to me number nine it is you right i hope you guys aren't surprised by this but you know i had to throw in some disney in there (sighs) (laughs) i threw in coco at number nine why (laughs) that movie movie made me cry dude and i think it was probably the best is it pixar i'm pretty sure it's pixar right that's pixar yeah Mm -hmm. it's the best pixar movie to have come out in the 2010s and probably yes. since then since 2010 Fast. i gotta i agree uh, i agree what else is there i wait what else came out in the 2010s yeah that's my question and for disney oh, was there tough. was there anything for pixar for pixar, for pixar yeah mm, but i am I, I inclined to agree with you i do really like coco that movie made mm-hmm. me cry too but um i think did toy story come out uh in tw- probably, toy story yeah. 3 yeah probably I think Toy oh, Story. Oh, but this 3. guy doesn't like Toy Story three. He gave it a three and a half. Would you give Coco? That's, that's, that's solid. I gave. What's going on here? Month. Come on. Dude, you may. Oh, Toy I mean, Story three is two thousand ten. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy gave it a four and a half. Coco is deserving of a four and a half. Absolutely. Coco is. Oh, but yeah. so is Toy Story three. They both made me cry. <sighs> it's tough. I don't know. It's not even my favorite Toy Story, to be honest. All I'm saying is Toy Story three better be somewhere ahead of you know number nine. 
right. No. It's not going to Otherwise, I'm not. I, I threw in though. one Disney movie, and that's it. That's your hint. That's uh, it. Oh, and Incredibles 2, but Incredibles 2. Is, uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I feel like an idiot. Stuff. I didn't put any Disney on Ray's list, so I'm already fucked up. <laughs> I didn't think they would actually do it. I did see some Disney, and I was like, no, not a chance. This guy. No, yeah. This guy I mean, it's going to be on the lower end, but definitely, you know, I enjoy Coco a lot, and probably, yeah, my favorite Disney movie in recent years. You know, I would say so. I feel like I haven't heard you mention Coco once since i've met you no this guy likes way back yeah i'll side with ray over here he likes <laughs> I've, I've talked about it i've talked about it all, all right Jerry. Uh, all right my number nine and you know this actually at one point wasn't on the list but a recent mm. rewatching of a specific scene just really just like told me what the fuck are you doing this has to be on your list for some reason a divisive film i don't get it i think it's technically immaculate and i also do vibe with the story quite a bit and it is christopher nolan's interstellar and number nine nice yeah i I just heard both of you guys is just shit just plop on the ground for not putting this on your list if you didn't oh Uh, no way okay all All right right. we'll see Uh, we'll We'll see see. Uh, but uh yeah what what, what made it uh ahead well, I I've just slapped in my 4K on an OLED mm-hmm. with my buddy, and we watched the docking scene. Well, first we watched the two IMAX, and there's a lot of IMAX scenes, but it specifically it jumps ratios from IMAX. Mm-hmm. So first of all, the IMAX scenes in the 4K look incredible. Like you can literally just like lick Matt McConaughey's pores. Like <laughs> they're you're inside the ship with them. And I watched the, you know, crop chase scene in the beginning, which was pretty incredible. But that was nothing. That was just getting us primed. I was like, whoa, that was pretty awesome. We just drove mm-hmm. through the crops. Then we jumped to the docking scene, which was just like, oh, man, Hans Zimmer's score, which is totally mm-hmm. like a ripoff. Or I would say a tribute to Philip Glass's Koyana Scotsy score. But like just the organs are just like, and you're just like spinning around. And he's telling Tars, analyze that spin. And he's just like, come on, Tars. And he's like, oh, the docking sequence is, is incredible. If you can, if you watch that scene and you give the movie anything less than a four, you're living a lie. You're an imposter. Oh, you don't know nice. who you are. You don't know who you are. It, it, nothing matters. Uh, yeah, that movie is amazing. I think it's Chris Nolan's best movie. I, I do I think agree. it's I agree. perfect. And at a time where space movies were just taking over too, I think. I don't yeah. know if I'm pretty sure gravity came out right before and everybody mm-hmm. was, you know, yeah, everybody was losing their shit over gravity. And I don't know. Yeah, I liked gravity. I saw that in the theaters and I thought it was like the most immersive, awesome experience. And I was telling people like, yo, we got to see this in theaters. Um, but you know, I mean, it plays in theaters, but then I saw <laughs> interstellar and that just completely made me forget that gravity came out that year like it did everything that gravity wanted to and more mm-hmm. and, and you know it was just took me on a journey i think we saw that together rich we were we did, changed yeah. we saw we forever in, changed and humboldt um, humboldt like the, the yeah. oldest theater i think one of the oldest theaters in the country but certainly the oldest in california if i'm not mistaken uh it was kind of a trip to see you know a movie like that that's looking in the future in an old rinky dink theater from the 1800s anyway yeah that's my number nine 
Love I Interstellar. Yeah. Yeah, I respect that, man. Rich. Um, all right, let's see. Number eight. Number eight, a more recent film um, that came out. And uh, yeah, this came out during the pandemic for us, I'm pretty sure. Whoa. And actually. Wait. Is that even possible? I'm already. I feel like I'm already fucking perking up here. What's going Hold on? Hold on now. I think I saw it during the pandemic. I don't know if I saw. Oh, it. okay, okay. But okay. It's the sound of metal. Was a sh- oh, sh- didn't the sound of metal? Wait, no, I. Well, I just reject your. Hold on now. <laughs> <laughs> Did I see this movie in theaters? <laughs> I didn't see it with you. Don't tell Wait, me I saw it with you. That is 2019, right? It's 2019. What's yeah. going yeah, on yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is 2020. I what? know. This is a no. 2020 film. Yes, it I'm is. I'm pretty sure it was during the pandemic, though, right? It like, came the, out, yes, yeah, Richie's yeah. right. It came out during the, the reason I am losing it, yeah. losing it, is because motherfucking me and Raymond both love this movie yes. way more than Richie did, way more than you did. <laughs> Wait, what did I say? Go ahead and tell you me said, that I shit on this I movie. I remember specifically we both gave this movie. I know I gave it a five. I think Ray gave it at least a four and a half. Oh, my God. This guy's yeah. a four and a half, maybe. You were like, nah, like I don't know. It's good, but it's like a four. You said this. <laughs> and you now it's on your fucking top ten of the whole decade? What the hell? <laughs> oh, hold on. Man. Let me let me get into four. it a little bit. I don't know. Um I mean, I, I, I do feel like I, I have recently watched this movie. Uh, Did you recently I, rewatch it? I mean, would you call 2020 recently rewatching it? Well, that's when it <laughs> came that's out. pretty recent, I guess. I remember <laughs> because 2020 is hands down the worst year in cinema. As far as I've been alive, the worst fucking year well, in cinema. And it was the best movie. Hands, I don't it, know. It just stood I'm trying out. To, because- well, when, when I was putting my list together, what I was trying to, you know, figure out was like, what movie left me with the most, with like kind of the biggest impression of a movie left me. Even mm-hmm. though there's again, I have movies on this list that are like, which movie do I just shamelessly rewatch? And even though it just isn't up to like, you know, it's not as great as these other films, you know, technically or however much work was put into it. But this movie I did feel uh did affect me a little bit in the sense where I've never had a movie kind of yeah. challenge like my senses like that and strip away right. things and make me really relate to a character just through the power of, you know, editing sound and just muting stuff and I don't know. I thought it was, it started to frustrate me the way this movie, you know, started to play out how he starts to, you know, go about his hearing loss and how things become difficult. And it was very unnerving and uncomfortable. And I did think uh, it was also a beautiful story just about how he thought he wanted to get the surgery. And by the end of it, he realized that he just had to accept himself for who he was and what he thought he wanted. Just, I don't know. I thought this movie left a big impact on me. Um, it's yeah, a beautiful film, man. I, I don't know. Maybe it didn't like hit me that hard, but I'm sure we talked about it after. Um, and it always, I always appreciate films a little bit more when you guys discuss with me. But I don't know. Maybe I did like, you know, maybe I just didn't want to say too much about it. Like, I don't want to overly love it because I wasn't certain, but that happens a lot with me, I guess. Mm. Um, but I'll put this up there. I knew it was coming. I already knew it was coming. I knew this was coming. <laughs> and when Jerry gets quiet, his fingers right <laughs> over the He's sound ready. and it's just waiting. He's like, <laughs> I love it though, man. That's damn. Sound yeah. So respect. I am. So so... I'll take the shit, and I will give you my. Hey, reasoning, no, I'm just but... glad you came Hell around. Yeah. I'm just like, so I'm, yeah. I'm thrown for a loop. My list is so fucked up right now. Because I know I didn't. I don't. I don't Mine know. I know too. I didn't go on to just say like, you know what, that movie still is out of four. Like maybe I need to like up my rating, but I don't know that movie. Well, you just... can rewatch it because Criterion just announced the 4K. It's coming out in September, Ooh. and I am oh, so yeah, that's right. hyped. Well, that is an right. instant day one buy. Best movie of 2020. 
just yeah definitely one of the best movies of the 2010s came out in the last year 2019 or 2020, mm-hmm. if you can't, if no, wait, I guess it came out festival. Yeah. Yeah. Festival 2019. I would consider it a 2020 film, like. but I mean, it came out just now. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if I mean, it plays in theaters, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll accept it. I'll accept it. Yeah. Let's get it. Even as I said that, I was like, whoa, isn't this, I don't know. I, I got a little confused there because I was like, I'm pretty sure we only all saw this during the pandemic. It definitely this came was, out. Yeah. Yeah. It was on Amazon. I remember. Yeah. I remember this was a big deal to watch at the time. Mm-hmm. It was because it was the only fucking movie mm-hmm. worth watching. The fact mm-hmm. that it didn't win Best yeah. Picture is stupid. Stupid. All right. Let's hear it. <sighs> number right. eight for me. Yeah, number eight, dude. Shape of Water. Ooh. Wait, did you get it? Uh, actually, let me check the order. Continue. <laughs> Continue. I don't Wait, think I are, got we, the are we calling them out if we get it? Or no, 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 no. We're going to go review at the end, like bingo. Okay, okay. But yes, Shape of Water at number eight. I'm probably going to be dragged for this by you guys and everyone else out there that's a Del Toro fan, but I think it's better than Pan's Labyrinth. Honestly, I, enjoy I agree. It's his best film. I agree. I mean, really? Yeah. Oh my god! I didn't know. Okay, I didn't I know. That. That's there my favorite Guillermo del Toro movie. I, I think that's a hot so take good. for sure. But I agree. It's so fucking good, and I think just like the character, the main character. You know, she doesn't say much, but what I thought Pan's Labyrinth kind of lacked was that she was a princess in the beginning. She was always nice. She was, you know, she earned her spot in the end, right? because of her kindness and you know what she was doing throughout the entire film i just didn't feel like she developed as a character while this one she literally gained gills in the end and became the person that she was meant to be and he fell in she fell in love with that always dude. was yeah always and was. i just i just loved it and it's a good time it's romantic of course you know i have to put some kind of romance in my in my list but it was oh man it's, it's gut-wrenching i think and it's just like heartwarming too so Shape of Water, number eight. It was, number eight. It was it. my favorite movie of that year. It's since changed. It's no longer my favorite movie of that year, but at the time it was. Mm. It was what is it now, though? I that can't year. Say. Can't say. Can't say. Oh, yeah, okay, 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 okay. okay. But, uh, but I will say, yeah, no, it is my favorite Del Toro movie. Saw that mm-hmm. in Arclight as well. R.I.P. Right. And just transcendent experience. And, uh, I don't know why the movie gets so much hate. I think the fact that it kind of it won Best Picture is why it gets so much hate. People are like it doesn't deserve <laughs> to win Best Picture, but it's like that's kind of why it's punk, dude. Like a fucking monster movie where a chick fucks a fish man, like one Best Picture. <laughs> yeah. Why are you tripping? That's actually way better yeah. than like some fucking period piece or biopic boring bullshit that no one actually watches. Right. I was gonna right. say that's yeah. got to be the only hate it got was just for I don't know what the and also Oscar run. the bestiality angle. I gotta get on this soapbox. She's not a human. Watch yeah, the whole fucking movie. She's Don't just watch human. the trailer. She's not a human. She's a fucking fish lady, just like him. So yeah, it's not exactly. reality. It's not, you know, it's not it's like she's taking advantage of him. They're in love, okay? It's I get it. It's a weird world. It's a fantasy, but it's a movie. It is what it is, and it's a movie. Yeah, fucking let go. That's what this movie. the problem people have with this movie is you just got to fucking let go, man. Let the movie wash over you like water, and you will be taken away on a current of a, a great time just cinema uh wonder Oops. and you know people are uptight about this film i don't care i'll say to the end it's guillermo's most personal film and it's his best film it's lovely it's lovely it's a lovely film yeah mm-hmm. i agree anyway uh, i love that for your choice right good choice good thank choice. you man thank you Chair my number, number eight, eight 
has already been mentioned before. It is mm-hmm. Bone Tomahawk. Damn. Oh, Crazy story. You know, Ooh. I really wanted to make put this one higher, but this is where the list just gets so competitive. Like towards the half, towards really just onward from here, it gets so competitive. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just outside. It's a debut film, one of the best debut films ever, as I'm concerned. As far as I'm concerned, especially considering that Zoller uh, did helped out with the score some, and I think the score is fantastic. Um, yeah, it is. You know, two two of my favorite genres of all time are westerns and horror, and this mm-hmm. com- is combines those two in a very rare combination, and it does it just perfectly. Like it gets the you know the brooding drama the characters the great dialogue the great writing of a western and captures that atmosphere and it absolutely nails the brutality and suspense and thrills of a great you know hammer horror a great like just slasher gore fest uh you know and it just clashes these awesome authentic characters into kind of a grind fest horror scenario mm-hmm. and it's so depraved and it, and it really every time i watch mm-hmm. it especially if i watch it with somebody else i still get fucking nervous i still shit my pants like the, the fact that as many times as i've seen it when i watch it again i st- i never let up toward the end like i just still fear and i still get that dread that the movie built up for me the first time and maybe mm-hmm. not as much, obviously, but like it's still there. It's still like, oh my god, I get like goosebumps. It's, it's thrilling, yeah. yeah. It's just like, holy shit, this is amazing. It's honestly, Damn, I gotta hands watch down, it, the most underrated film on this list, hands down. Okay, hands okay. down. There's no other. All these other movies have gotten quite a bit of love. Maybe yeah. not as much as I think they deserve, but this one is hands down the most underrated, and it will become a cult classic in due time. I can see it. I can see it. I do love the element of the unknown that that movie carries with it just Mm -hmm. from, you know, beginning until, you know, every little sneak peek they give you, it's not a lot, but it's still just, I don't know. That movie's a wild time. That's all I got to say. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You still haven't seen it, right? Yeah. No, I want to, man. I want to. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Yeah. Number seven. Rich. Fucking righty. Um, number seven. I went and I had, oh yeah, I went ahead and I threw uh, Villanueva's Prisoners on there um, for my number seven. Okay. Um, I'm ready for a soundboard clip. It's coming. No, I'm listening, <laughs> man. <laughs> but, uh, nah. <laughs> but yeah, no, this oh movie is insanely watchable to me. It's, um, I just think that, yeah, it's it's one of the heavier films. And it's, at the time, it was kind of, you know, our, our last of us movie just for the fact of, you know, getting Jackman to play like a very heavy fatherly figure. That's just kind of, you know, going to any means necessary to find out, you know, where his daughter is. And, um, I don't know. And Joan Hall is just a great opposite to that, you know, same goal, but just going like, you know, the noble route and, you know, going the, the officers, you know, way. And I, I thought it was really, really good. That movie I feel is deserving of my seven spot. Damn. I I do it is a great movie. My I personally think it's the wrong Villeneuve movie. But mm-hmm. yeah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but no, it's, it's it's a good one. I'm glad some Villeneuve made it on your list. I have nothing against that. <laughs> I respect it. Haven't seen it, but we'll watch it. 
Oh, I gotta be careful how much I say. I no, that's fine. I'll probably forget it. I mean, you know, I'll just rewatch it and experience they it. Break on my out own of the time. prison. That's why it's oh. called prisoners. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, now I'm fucked. Well. <sighs> so, all right, number seven for me. This is kind of expected. Maybe a little low on my list, but Midsommar. Mm, Midsommar. Oh, yeah. shit. I had to put Ari Aster in there. It was masterful, and it's better than The Lighthouse. I'm telling all the viewers out there or <laughs> listeners out there, it's better than The Lighthouse. I like it better than Hereditary. It means more to me, but I think Hereditary is a better film. But Midsommar is something I've watched over at least 10 times, I think. And I, I think it's, it's just... Um, a movie that got me through a difficult time in my life. It's beautiful, it's raw, and it's honest. That's the biggest thing, that it's a very honest and relatable film. I love Florence Pugh in this movie, and her character is amazing. Number seven, Midsommar. I couldn't have said it better myself, brother. Uh, Unfortunately, though, Hmm. and this was a heartbreaker to do, but again, competitive list. There's no hard yeah. no, answer I mean, on my list. I didn't get oh, to put him. Man, that's all right. That's all I'm right. so sad. I really wanted to. It would have been that one. It would have been that one, but I, I couldn't do it. The competition was too strong. Too strong. Anyway, Good. my number seven. Yeah, I had to put this back to back with the second best Western of the decade, with the first best Western of the decade, which is Jungle. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, best Western, one of the best films. It was, I think, next to The Master, which I wasn't crazy about at the time mm-hmm. that I now loved, which could have been on this list, was the best film of that year, 2012. I mean, it was uh, it was uh, just fucking everybody was talking about it. Like, it was mm-hmm. the best thing. As soon as it ended, I just wanted to go back and watch it again. It was the most fun time at the theaters ever. It was cathartic. It was funny. It was violent and just awesome. It was a great time from start to finish. As after rewatching it, you know, several times throughout the years, I've been able to pick out its flaws. Uh, you know, it's not like top five Tarantino for me. Maybe just around there, but toward the end, tail end of that. But like, it's you know, it's even the most, you know, uh, even like mid. Tarantino, which I don't think this is, is still going to be mm-hmm. better than most films in theaters. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and this is one of my favorites, and it is a great time. It is just a fun time, you know. As much as I'd love to put Tomahawk ahead of it for the kind of like, you know, underdog taking over mm-hmm. the big guy, I can't justify it. I think you know Tarantino is knows what he's doing just a little bit more than this, you know, day, you know, first time director, Bone Tomahawk guy, but. Um, yeah, I think it is definitely worthy of being on the top 10 of the decade list. I think I so, love too. It. It's a good choice. Hell of a choice. I couldn't oh. disagree. All right, let's see here. Um, number six, right? Six. All right. Number six. All right. For number six, I went ahead and I put... Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. Number six... You didn't yeah. do your number seven, did you? Bro. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I put what the was prisoners. It? Oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. No. <laughs> number six. What's number going seven. on here? <laughs> um, 
For number six, I went and I did uh, Manchester by the Sea. I remember when I saw that movie. That oh, movie. my God. Okay. Oh, my God. What is it now? <laughs> no, well, I, just, I, I, I didn't guess that. I, I should Yeah. I didn't guess it. Oh, I'm just, I didn't I, either. I don't know why. I feel like Milas is going to get the most shit once we get a little bit. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's not <laughs> completely wrong. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, when that movie came out, I remember that movie. I don't know. I don't really have like a ton of experiences with like grief, but this movie made me feel mm. like I should, yeah. you know, be able to relate to it in that sense. Just, you know, the guy's just completely, you know, just torn apart inside and he's dead basically. I was like, yeah. you never left the stove on and killed your whole family by accident? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Dude. Not for a boyfriend either, man. But, uh, but yeah, this uh, this movie's really good, and uh, even Lucas Hedges is really good in it too. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. respect that man. Yeah, that movie that movie brings a tear to my eye, and all the performances are just heartbreaking. They're just absolutely heartbreaking. It is, yeah. I haven't seen it in a while though. I have to rewatch. I have to rewatch. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I guess I don't know everything about Casey Affleck, but apparently this guy gets a lot of shit for this film. Uh, oh, really? I guess I guess the accusations came out a lot of shit time. about him him as a person. Like, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. There was there was something that came out around this time, but I remember it was like honestly, He's not a little, great guy. Uh, mm. Great guy, never met him, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the movie's really good. I'll say that. Hell yeah, man. hell yeah. And I felt like it was deserving of number six. And my name is Richard. <laughs> I just wanted to mock that. <laughs> all right number six for me portrait of a lady on fire okay wait a minute <laughs> what what Starting i up. had this on the list and i didn't <laughs> well you can't say <laughs> you said you can't say we're not gonna get oh my god for number five this is, i can't hold my tongue because i'm pissed i'm sorry I'm okay sorry. So i'm gonna say this right now um this film is phenomenal near perfection but i'm very harsh in my reviews and my star ratings but this is a i remember watching it for the first time and someone showed someone unexpected showed it to me and i was just like oh i have to watch this movie it's like probably oscar bait or whatever and i was god this film is just beautiful you're really transported into the time period that they're in the two characters the chemistry between them is just it's just such a lovely film and it's heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking and i feel like every single thing about this movie had intent it was just a great movie overall and it's you know about two gay lovers two lesbians but you can take so much from this film and man i got to rewatch it now i'm just inspired to rewatch it and number 6 Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and I have no regrets with that. I haven't seen it, but I wish uh, I wish I could have to uh, have be on board with no regrets about it. I agree. It's it, lovely. It man. really all this one also made my almost made my list too. Fighting for that ten spot, and it didn't make it, but doesn't change the fact that it is one of the best films of the decade. I did watch mm-hmm. it in twenty twenty. I think that's when it got its like release on Hulu. I don't mm-hmm. know, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, it was I just recently rewatched it. I rewatched the Criterion, beautiful Blu-ray. It's not even 4K. It looks gorgeous. One of the best transfers, and I loved it as I usually do. Uh, ending still gets me. It's just yes, yeah, I know, man. It is the a killer. It is a killer. Actually, like close to just perfect uh, romance movie. It um, is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Every time I watch it, I just yeah, it's great. I've rewatched it a couple times now. I think. 
few times. I don't know, but yeah. it's great. Fantastic. All, just narrowly missed my list. Hmm. <sighs> I respect uh, that. But my number six is Blade Runner 2049. Damn. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I expected Damn. that. I expected it to make the list. Yeah. I mean, this movie kind of just like defines the 2010s to me for some reason. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but it like, it just seems to really capture this kind of place where we're at and where we're headed. It, this movie right. addresses those themes and it just the, the style, the artistry. I mean, it, it feels like we're obviously kind of looking back to the original, um, but it's just the sci-fi concepts that it addresses. And uh, you know, just the, the world is amazing. The sleekness of it. This movie is sleek. Mm-hmm. Like it mm-hmm. is just, this razor sharp in every sense. And uh, yeah, I mean, also I say, I say it defines the 2010s because it's, it's a big part of the culture. I always see this movie get referenced. People still talk about this movie and that's so rare for a fucking legacy sequel, which this still kind of falls under that category. Unfortunately, you know, this is hands down the best legacy sequel. Maverick may come close, but I have to say this this one, one, yeah, this this one one is, is blew everyone's expectations away in terms of like, how are you going to make a fucking good, let alone just good, decent sequel to a absolute classic that came out 40 years ago mm-hmm. by Ridley Scott. And it's like, he did it. Villeneuve did it. He really, it's just, it feels like he, it was his dream to make this movie his whole life. I don't know if that's true, but it feels like it was because the passion is there. Um, yeah. I watched this in the theater and I remember instantly being like, I had watched Blade Runner one the night before I watched this in theaters. Damn. Perfect. And, and it, and I remember walking out. It didn't take me long to realize, like, I think that was better than the original. What the fuck? <laughs> what is what's that? going on here? But, but yeah, that's I tough. Love Blade. Runner. I respect that though. 2049. Yeah. I still need to finish it. Really? <laughs> I watched the first half. Oh my God. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Jared's oh, like, you man. gotta see this movie. And killing me. This guy is like Patrick <laughs> asleep on the couch, just like, like... <laughs> Oh man. I'll give it the full rewatch. I'll give it the proper yeah. rewatch. You got it. Um, Alright, Rich. Number five. Number five. Number five. Alright, yeah. Number five. I went ahead and I threw Interstellar on my number five for the top ten list. Oh, yeah. okay. Again, okay. this movie is just another movie that just left a huge impression on me. I was just blown away properly. I was like, I could tell you right now, I've never seen a movie like that before after watching it. And I've mm-hmm. probably watched it like a few times now, but um, that movie is definitely deserving of a top 10 spot. That's honestly the movie I guess you would say I think of when I think of the 2010s. I just, yeah, that, that is a good totally one. That is a good understandable. one. Both sci fi epics. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was, I guess, the only movie to actually make me feel like, you know, like suspense over something that's, you know, there's not a whole lot of action involved, but it was just, you kind of knew the gravity without, no pun intended, the, right, the situation right. um, for that docking scene. That docking scene stands alone very, very, very high. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and McConaughey just knocked it out of the park with that too. Hell yeah. He did. He did. He he yeah. was just great in that film. Don't let me leave like this, Murph. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number five for me. 
this shouldn't come as a surprise to you guys. Maybe in the middle, maybe in the middle, but the social network at number five. Oh, I'm thrown for a loop right now. <laughs> There's gonna, you guys. I don't know. I don't know if you guys know what my I got top it. four is. Wait, what? Did you get it? No, never mind. I can't say. Oh my god. Okay, well, I I thought you were going to the top of the mountain with that movie, bro. Yeah, you, I, I know, I know. He didn't have but the no, it's just that there were just other movies that I were just. I was just like, damn. I really did enjoy this. This is why I'm going to start to grill you because if any of the movies after this movie start to. Oh, we'll see. I'm just going to be like. I promise you they're great ones. They're great ones. And I think I I might have this in the bag. I might have Ray's top five in the bag. Dude, you're killing me. (laughs) You might, dude. But I think, yeah, the social network, you guys know how many times I've rewatched this. I think David Fincher is just brilliant. The storytelling, there's intent. Again, just like the uh, portrait and the lady on fire. There's intent with every single piece of dialogue, every single scene. Mm-hmm. Jesse Eisenberg obviously was made for this role. We talk about that. He talks fast. Not necessarily I mean, the best theaters. actor ever, but it was perfect for him. And I just I think Justin Timberlake is great in this too. Um, Andrew Garfield. They're all just amazing. I think the only gripe that I have with it was kind of uh, Brenda's song. Her, her acting really? wasn't the best, I think. I thought she played like a fine, annoying, like controlling okay. girlfriend, but you know. Yeah, you I, I found it London okay. Too yeah, much. that's just how it felt to me. And but it's it's a near perfect movie. I I love the message of it, and it's timeless for me. I can rewatch it over and over and over again. Especially that I work in tech, I think it's just you know I really like the world that it's in um it's it's very real to it um the world of tech and also just you know i guess the main character mark zuckerberg he's probably not like that in real life I'm not throwing shade at him but i just really do think that it was a near perfect movie and wait you know, are, you dis- are you defending mark zuckerberg i'm just not trying to say anything negative you feel me <laughs> he controls too much he controls too much he controls too much than this movie probably makes him <laughs> way gonna... better than he is in yeah. real life. i don't know I, I just don't want to say anything but i'll leave it at that i'll leave it at that i'm Number five. surprised that that's wow. at five i thought this would really be, yeah because now we're in the top five. The top five is a big yeah. deal. And you put that at five. Woo! I mean, my top four, I love these films. I really do. I mean, I love Social Network. I, lo- I love all love these films. films. I love Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> no way. Um, <laughs> no way. Uh, <laughs> all, right, all right. Number five, Jerry. My number five is Panos Cosmatos 2018 Horror Masterpiece. Mandy. Oh man. Love Damn. this movie. One of my most rewatched movies. And as I look back on the 2010s, I can't imagine a more unique vision that's so true to the artist mm-hmm. and just so unapologetically itself. Mm-hmm. And I think there's nothing else quite like it, even though it does pay a lot of homage to other horror films. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible it's like part art house film and part slasher you know 80s slasher horror and just all mandy is so unique i mean there's animation in this there's some amazing cinematography like amazing shots that are just unlike anything i've ever seen it doesn't waste its time stylistically um the score is fantastic um which actually was the the last score written and composed 
by uh, Johan Johansson. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what a way to go out. It's a beautiful score. And, um, yeah, a Nick, a Nick Cage, obviously I have to throw him out there. He's amazing. I think this is absolutely my favorite performance of his because it kind of just captures all all ranges of his. Wild yeah. at Heart is close, but he's kind of like, you know, the same volume the same dial on that one throughout and this one it's like you see subdued cage you see loving cage you see scared cage you see angry cage you see all the cage angles it's all in this movie and he's amazing and uh yeah i love mandy i fucking love this movie i love to show it to people even if they don't love it as much as i do i still feel like i've done my due diligence and said Mm -hmm. hey I think I did the right thing, spreading the good word of this movie. And we got to see this in theaters, right? This was a spectacular experience, obviously life changing, because I was like, whoa. I remember looking at you and we were just laughing. (laughs) It's just like such a fun time, but also just, you know. Well, the last shot is, you know, just like it kind of lets you because the movie is so intense at toward the end. And then that last shot, you know, the car shot is just like it just kind of a sigh of relief, like a laughter, like a. Yeah, man, what a fucking ride! Uh, yeah, no, loved, loved this movie. I loved it too, man. Yeah, it's on my watch list. That's all I can say. <laughs> all right, number four, Rich. All right, number four, number four. Um, I went this. ahead and I threw on the Safty classic, Good Time. Um, this movie deserves to be number four for sure. Damn. Um, this movie a ride. This movie is just a thrill. This movie is just <laughs> a complete like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I can't believe this movie's spun so far out of control. Um, but yeah, I feel like this this is one of those game changing films. Just suspense like you've never known before. Um, mm-hmm. just absolutely, you know, just over the top and not uh not the way it's shot but just the decision making and how things happen and they're not forced and it feels very natural and it feels things play out you know as you know crazy as it might sound when you know you see it or hear it you know it's not like completely far-fetched and i don't know everything about this movie seems very plausible and uh yeah i don't know it's just great performances all around extremely quotable this movie's kind of funny just to pull quotes out of context and throw them out in everyday life <laughs> oh yeah uh but yeah hell yeah uh, man i fucking love this movie and another movie i have you guys to it's okay thank for turning right. me on too um, yeah it's all jerry man yeah, jerry's the one i, I already jerry know this movie's one. gonna be i probably my jerry's only gripe is that i didn't put this movie higher maybe yeah but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah this movie is more than deserving of the top five Okay, I respect that. I respect that. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Well, number four for me. All right, let me see. Let me, let me check my fucking lottery yeah. ticket here. Let me know when you're ready. Yeah. Let me check all my. Right. Bingo. I feel like you guys probably would know like what my top five was. So. Okay, but here we I'm go. So fucking pissed if I'm wrong. <laughs> it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Wait, as your number three? No, number four, bro. We're oh. number four. We're not number three. <laughs> but. Wait, but you're scaring me i just said bingo i just realized (laughs) did you oh my god all right all right all right well once upon a time that's your number four that's bullshit no i'm not i'm telling you you're gonna agree with me you're gonna be like you're gonna be like that's a very raymond list why is this bullshit jerry 
I'm well, curious. I just reject your. He's gonna be like, this, this guy. Is a very Every single fucking week <laughs> of his life, and it's not his number one. You gotta be fucking no. joking me. Okay, if you didn't know what my number one is, what's my other? Okay, we'll, we'll save that for later. Social network. All right. There is there. No, 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 no. You guys are gonna be like, holy shite. How did I not know that was my that was Ray's number one? If you're number I'm telling one, you, what I I'm telling you is, right now. I'm telling you right now. Joke. <laughs> no, this is At honest. This, this is how like I, my favorite and like what means the most to me. But I think once upon a time, it is the most rewatched probably film of all time for me. But there are gripes that I have about it. I don't think it's a perfect film, but I enjoy it. Number one reason why I enjoy it is because. <laughs> It's in Hollywood. It's set in Hollywood. You, you guys know that I love, you know, golden age of Hollywood and anything set in Hollywood. Obviously, it's in the 60s from what I remember. It's a great turn of Sharon Tate's, you know, story. But I think, you know, everyone is great. I think Margot Robbie isn't, I know, I wasn't blown away by her, you know, performance. I think that's like one of my gripes, but also she doesn't have that much yeah. dialogue. You weren't really supposed to be blown you know? away by her. You're yeah, right. exactly. Right, right. But uh, Leo's great. Brad Pitt is great. And I think the more I watch it, the more that I get out of it. I think the first time around when I first watched it, I didn't love it. I'm not going to so lie to you. it's almost like you like it more and more and yeah, more every time I like you watch it. it. So yeah. if you watch it every week, you this must be like the best movie <laughs> Well, I've, I've hit the cap at this point. I, I feel like <laughs> I, I've talked to everyone about it to the point where like there's nothing else I can grab from it. But um, I really do love this film. Um, it's deserving of a top five, but they're the top three it was tough for me to put there um the top three is just those are like masterpieces the top three for me are just masterpieces and once upon a time it it, it, it's interchangeable for three or two i would say that but it's just (sighs) the next three is just for me is just like damn i'm Um, curious you make it it seem like we should all know what your number you one should. Is. you should you made it seem you, like I think this you is should. a brain dead answer i think you should yes you you know, my I number mean, one if you guys know me you guys should know what my number one is but I'll we'll just, get there. i know I, if i if Apparently it is what i, I think really. it is now i disagree yeah I'm oh my god i'm preemptively down. shutting we'll your see. butt down we'll see preemptively all, all right. right number four jer well my number four makes sense for me <laughs> is fucking once upon a time in hollywood Oh, so it's okay. That's cool. Yeah. But I don't watch it every. I don't nearly love this movie as Damn, much. Damn, number four, I'm not really? Jaren say I knew what your number four was going to be all along, but I, I think it's. Yeah, uh, I fucked up. Do you think? <laughs> well, for your list, I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is. I mean, I do. I have rewatched this movie many, mm-hmm. many times, and it yeah. does get better and better every time. I, I guess I kind of value movies. Not again, okay. because I'm yeah, not yeah. trying to find the best movies of all time. I'm trying to find the ones that I love the most, and it typically are the ones right. that I revisit. So, like, my top five are movies that I've seen a bunch of times, and they never get old, and they're movies I show people. I just recently showed um, this movie to my friend, like, not too long ago, who hadn't seen it, after we were talking about Manson murders and stuff. And mm, yeah. uh, it's just such a fucking vibe. Like, the movie flies by. I know, like, a lot of people, when it first yeah, came it out, they're like, what the fuck is this? This is so weird. It's disjointed. It's fractured. Yeah. It's like there's no plot. There's no character. What is this movie? It's mm-hmm. so different from anything Tarantino's done. I didn't mind that it was different. I think it is totally out of left field for something like mm-hmm. Tarantino to do. But, uh, you know, it's fantastic. There's something about the atmosphere and the relationship between Rick Dalton and Cliff 
that is just like one of the best pairings yeah, in it. And absolutely. It's, it's a genius, like a stuntman mm-hmm. and, and an actor. It, you really get a sense of their relationship. You really, mm-hmm. you really kind of can feel that it's palpable, their connection, and it makes for an awesome finale. Um, it's yeah, it's amazing. Even the even the book that came after, I thought oh, you know, yeah. actually love the movie yeah. and you want more of it. It's the a book, good companion piece, you know, yeah. exactly. Right. It's it's great, just, it just supports also, it even more. So yeah, yeah. the book was great. Yeah. So um, I do think it's also one of Tarantino's best films because the more it's one of his Same. most rewatchable films. It's actually bumped its way into my top five of his films. Dude, it's bumped my way into like top three now, top two maybe because like, it's two? just it's neck neck yeah. and neck with Pulp Fiction, one of your top favorite movies of all time. Yeah. And it's not it's number no, four. No, no, your... not all time, but like Quentin's. Like but I think Kill Pulp Bill Fiction is always going to be number not... one. Oh, I thought Pulp Fiction. No, 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 no. Pulp Fiction is number two. It's always been number two for me. And then it's just crept up more and more. And now it's probably number three. As it should. It is one of those movies that has that effect because I think it's so like kind of oblique at times that, you know, you just kind of fill in your own energy into this movie. Mm -hmm. You know, this Mm -hmm. is like a perfect crack a beer open and kick back and just soak in the vibes type of movie. And it'll deliver. It delivers. So good. It's also, I think, kind of profound. Like it's, it's his Tarantino it is, isn't yeah, is not a uh, emotional or philosophical filmmaker. I think his most philosophical he ever gets is in Pulp Fiction, the last scene, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the diner, which is one of the great scenes. But you know, for the most part, he's more concerned with fun and just you know, cinema yeah. for cinema's sake. And this movie taps into that by the end. Like there's something about that final sequence that gets yeah. me. It's like a gut punch. It's a happy ending that, you know, in contrast to the reality, just it is a like punch. a truck. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of cool little things, you know, if you rewatch this movie, you kind of pick up on like how this diverges from the real situation. Like obviously Rick Dalton isn't a real person, but the fact that he's real in this story, he's able to literally step out in front of that car of the Manson family mm-hmm. as they're about to murder the Tates, uh, Tates yeah. and LaBianca. They're about to do those killings. And he steps out in front and is like, yo, get the fuck out of here. Notice they reverse back down the cul-de-sac, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like as if time is rewinding. And then it's like things have been reversed yeah. and then they go back up and they do something different. It's like he, the, different. his inclusion, those characters kind of change the course of history at least in this movie. So it's yeah. a really cool. It's his second like alternate history movie, I would say. I mean, you can consider yeah. Django alternate history, but it, you're not dealing with any particular mm-hmm. like real people, real names. Obviously, Inglorious has Hitler yeah. who dies in that. And then this one has, <laughs> you know, the Manson family who gets murdered, you know. So yeah. it's more similar to Inglorious. But yeah, I just, yeah. it's a brilliant mo- movie. And it it's, is. Bumped its way up this far for all I think, those uh, I believe Sharon Tate's sister actually really liked the portrayal of her sister in this one too. So it's I, nice to know. Would you say that's your most rewatched movie right there, Jay? I feel like no, there was, I feel like when that no. movie came out on 4K, that was just your unstoppable, you know, rewatch <laughs> flick, you know? I was in Raymond mode for sure. I would say, mm, I would actually say, according to Letterboxd, def- it's definitely not my most rewatched movie of all time. As in terms of like when it came out, yeah, I 
definitely watched it a bunch. According to Letterbox, Paris, Texas is my most rewatched. Oh, I've seen it four times yeah, yeah, on Letterboxd, which was actually is accurate. I only have seen it since I've had a Letterbox account. Account, but um, yeah, I've I've probably seen Hollywood a fair bit of times. But there's <laughs> other movies too that I think have beat it. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Alrighty, all right. Number three, Rich. Alrighty. Um, number three. Well, I went ahead and I threw the place beyond the pines on there. Cause I don't know. I really, I feel like I haven't rewatched it enough. Not nearly as much as my number four, which is good time, but this movie mm-hmm. did really sit with me and a lot of good, I guess, storytelling ways. Um, I do just appreciate that the basically the biggest chunk of the movie is just the result of the introduction, which I feel like was, you know, my honest, you know, I prefer the introduction the most just because the result is so, you know, crazy intertwined with the result of all the other characters. Have you seen the place beyond the pines, right? Oh, I haven't. No, okay. I, it's on my list, but yeah, I okay. hear great things about it. I don't want to get Ryan too Gosling much into great, it, so. but um, but yeah, I don't know. I love this movie. I love the characters. Uh, yeah. Just uh, especially the honestly, that made me want to put Chronicle on the on the list, just because uh, what's it? Dane DeHaan. That's the 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 one of the main characters from Chronicle. But um, yeah, I just love uh, the way that you know he performed in it. Uh, he kind of has a bit of like a. Be glad you didn't uh, put Chronicle on the list. I would have hunted you down. <laughs> really? I, it was it was sitting there at number ten, bro. I, I love Chronicle. <laughs> oh man! Well, another movie more. that you showed me too. Um, no, but depending on what is or isn't on your list, that's you know concerning. But we'll I see. guess yeah. <laughs> this movie might be a little bit long, a little bit too long, but oh um, I do just love the ending of this film too. I think it ties off really well for such a crazy story for how it starts out with just you know a couple guys, you know, mm-hmm. that are, you know, at opposites of each other. So, um, Damn. I love the place. I watch it myself. Yeah. It's very, very, it's very, very touching. Um, oh, okay. So all I gotta say. I, I am a Ryan movie. Gosling stand. I watched so. that. In, uh, I stand uh, Ryan Gosling in that one. Hell yeah, uh, man. Ryan I don't have fire. an issue with Ryan Gosling. I mean, yeah. he's not the him. most expressive actor all of the time, but he does have his moments and I don't mm-hmm. think he needs to necessarily play the most expressive characters and right, he nails right. his you know what he does best but also that movie is great he it's one of my favorite performances of his for sure he's sort of like doing like a what um robert pattinson does in good time where he's kind of like playing this bad boy kind of like something very mm, different the outlaw life yeah yeah and i think the first third of that film it's not to say the rest is bad but the first act with him in it like is just some of the best filmmaking I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like it's so good. It's almost a shame that the movie isn't, you know, at that level, but right. I do love and the result that, you know, plays out afterwards because it just, it establishes like a history and not everybody's for like time jump films, but whatever, mm-hmm. like the fact that it, you know, it jumps forward, like a good, like, mm-hmm. you know, 15, 16, 17 years, whatever. I thought it was, I do I appreciate the attempt to like create that and say something. I don't think I, I, mm. I rate it still very highly. I think it's just like, man, it's almost like the beginning is too strong. His presence is too good uh, that it just makes everything else pale in comparison. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, the fucking, that movie is awesome. Beautiful, beautiful score, great performances. Um, love that movie. I agree with it being on your list. I did. I, yeah, I won't say where I had it, but 
Damn. Moving on. Gotta watch. It's uh, yes. it's you, right? Number three on my list, The Florida Project. I think this film is just phenomenal. Um, Sean Baker, um, you put me on there, uh, Jer. He... I was begging you for years to watch this movie. Yeah, just exactly. Say that. And and <laughs> it's up there. It's up there because of you know the Disney aspect. Yeah, you know, but it's also just like how real it is. It's a very very raw film. The kids are great actors. The mom is a great actor, and Willem Dafoe, amazing. Um, it's just it's really gut wrenching, and it's also just. You feel like you're hanging out with those kids. You feel like you're there. And the setting is amazing. It's so real to what, you know, the housing problem is um, all over the United States or all over the world, really. But also just, you know, the setting that it's in where it's like Orlando next to Disney World and all that stuff. It's so real. I really like Mm -hmm. that dynamic of just those kids not being able to go inside Disney World, but they're so damn close. And it's just, you know, for me, it was the ending is perfect. Because it's such a childlike thing. Hot you know take. what I mean? Yeah, they're, they're going. On the Are you serious? Everyone what? shits on the ending. That's like that's one such a, that's such a childlike one. thing to do, though. Like, I don't understand. Like, well, they're imagining themselves. questionable going. whether or not it's real, which I don't think it is. Yeah, obviously it's not real. Yeah, but, but I think that. Has it just never been that. confirmed that it's not real? I, well, I don't think no it's kind of obvious. There's no way it's real. I hope it's not a discussion. I, I think a lot of people misinterpret the ending or they just don't understand yeah. the artistic motivations behind it, uh, what it's trying to say. Uh, I d- it definitely clicked with me. I mean, I, yeah, it was a startling contrast. It's, it's not my favorite part of the movie, but I think it's like, if I were Sean Baker, I wouldn't know how else to end it. I think it, it, other than that. Right, right. That's what like, I was going to say. If it, if it ended, that's exactly, just yeah. way to do it, in my opinion. Like, there's no other way. Like, people don't provide any alternatives, really. So, mm-hmm. You know, shut up. You're not Sean Baker, man. This guy made the Florida Project. But I love it, man. I love that he used, you know, people that are like first time actors, especially the mom. She did like phenomenal. Yeah. The chemistry between her and the daughter yeah. is just insane. Like they, they act like sisters. But it's, it's exactly. Like you get something so real, something so raw. And it's it's one of those films that just sticks with you. Like it, it really is like, oh yeah. I don't know. It hits home. It really does hit home. So I do love that film just for the the childlike, you know, shenanigans that they get up to. And it's just it's just, you know, those kids that live in the the complex trying to see how much they can get away with. And yeah. I, I love that because every kid was up to no good. And yeah, it's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> Some people read it differently. They watch it and they're like, oh, my God, these kids are so misbehaved and blah, right, blah, right. blah. And I'm just like, dude, they're fucking funny. Like, yeah, what were you doing yeah. when you were have a sense of humor? Like, <laughs> yeah, the reality is, yeah, it sucks. They're poor. They're unsupervised. You know, they're obviously talking disrespectful to adults. But like, it's a movie. Yes, it's representing real issues. But, you know, they're characters. And the shit that they're saying is miraculously hilarious. Like, it you is. will never it hear is. kids talk like that in a movie. You do hear them say yeah, shit like that in real true. life. But the mm-hmm. fact that this movie captures that, that raw, like unfiltered child talk and unfiltered truly, like children mm-hmm. are already unfiltered, mm-hmm. but they say some shit that, you know, it's like, okay, they definitely heard that somewhere, but that's what kids do. Yeah. It's hilarious. The shit, the way they talk to each other is so natural. It doesn't feel scripted. It might not be. It's kind of up in the air of what is and what isn't scripted. And that's the genius of it. But yeah, I agree. I also just love the, uh, th- not the not that ending, but basically what 
what sets off the ending, which is, you know, the mother, you know, losing custody yeah, yeah. of the child. And mm-hmm. I remember I didn't actually, I, I believe that it was, you know, her, her old roommate or her old, not a roommate. Yeah, it's yeah. the person, it's her neighbor, I think. Um, yeah. Her friend. Or her whatever. friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah. yeah, that, you know, basically, you know, called the, you know, called the cops or, you know, child services. But then I remember, you know, you bringing it up to me, Jared, that it could have very well been, you know, Defoe's character. That's because he knew he knew just as well. I think it is, on. yeah. That's yeah. the like real. That's like the un, underbelly of the story. Is mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. You kind of realize it was him, and that's why he's such a por- important character. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes it honestly. That adds a whole other layer just to think about, and you know, it's it's another big big weight on the film. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Love it. Hell yeah. Love it. Number three, Jer. My number three is you know i had to do it to you paul thomas anderson's inherent vice oh i have watched this movie definitely more times than once upon a time hollywood maybe Hmm. if not the same amount but again this one i saw in theaters i think i saw it with rich i liked it i wasn't that blown away by it in theaters but again rewatching it it's one of those films it's just like holy shit holy shit and it became more and more relatable it looks beautiful. It is just it. Uh, this movie is also kind of definitely one of the more underrated ones on the list for sure. Like second mm-hmm. to Bone Tomahawk because I think now people are starting to realize what it is, but it just gets a lot of shit for being confusing, which I don't blame you. Like I didn't know what the fuck was going on when I watched this movie for the first time. If you try to follow this movie's plot and what's going on, like because it's about a you know a PI who's trying to get to the bottom of this mystery. Mm-hmm. of his, you know, missing ex-girl. And, you know, it, it, it goes down a bunch of different rabbit holes and all these paranoid conspiracies. And, you know, he, it, if you're trying to follow that, you're going to get as feel as lost as he is, which is part of the point. But on a second watch, you know, I think the best way to enjoy this is to ignore all that f- for a second and just soak in the characters, the way they interact, the way he is as a character. I think it's one of my favorite Joaquin performances. He's just funny in it. Like it shows how funny he is. The movie's funny. It's very relatable. This to me is like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but with more humanity, more heart. Mm. Once Upon a Time mm. in Hollywood is like mostly all good vibes, you know? Yeah. So it's a feel good type of, you know, it's got its moments. It's, it's you know, cruising down Sunset Boulevard with the top down and smoking a cigarette. And this movie is a lot more like sad 60s vibes like we're seeing Mm. we're seeing the end of the counterculture era we're seeing kind of like the the hippie dream falling apart a little bit um but at the same time kind of indulging here and there and just yeah there's just a lot of soul to the movie and it's got it's got a lot of heart and Mm. you know it's crazy because it's one of those movies where I get I get a more re- emotional reaction to it. Like I've teared up at this movie on like a fifth watch than I did on my first or second. Mm-hmm. You know, cause that's how much the movie changes to me over time. It's just one of those. And this movie is very much up my alley. Like it, it represents the things I like. One of my favorite PTAs. I mean, it's my favorite thing that he's done the, uh, in this decade and since for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously yeah it's ahead of phantom thread but yeah i love inherent vice this movies definitely Hell people yeah. just need to rewatch it people i completely I forgot about this film being in yeah 20 times. i did too 
Yeah, people need well, to I haven't watched it, but I know that's one of your favorites. But it's damn. Uh, beautiful. I remember when I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it reminded me a lot of this. But as as I rewatched this, I'm like, this is just so much more true to my to to me personally. It just cuts mm-hmm. deep, and I I love re rewatching it. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I respect it, man. Number two. All Richard. right, number two. Number two. Here we go. Here we go. Here it goes. Top two right I here. I wonder if anybody guessed it, but it's <laughs> going to be the Sandman show, baby. It's uncut gems, baby. Wait. Well, I just reject your hypothesis. Oh, my gosh. Close. So I know I know Jared probably doesn't like the fact that this is I had a good time. But <laughs> it's not that I don't like it. You literally oh, said no. that good time is better than uncut gems. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I think so it is. I think it because it came before, but I'm I'll tell you right now, I'm partial to oh. Sandman. Man. Oh All right. What the fuck is that? So, I mean, that's also true. I put, I put Midsommar here, but I you, think you Hereditary is a better film. You just admitted on live recording that you think Good Time is better, but you're only putting... It probably is like a better film, head. and I think just because it came well, out better before... Better for you, like, not objectively. Like, oh, what well, you love I, more. I'm saying that I think I love Uncut Gems more. Hey, I don't know, bro. Maybe, maybe this I changed is right it. there. This is new to you. Hold on. What is your gathering, bro? You have always said... You have always oh been my God, good time know, but over uncut gems team. It's and over. Now, are you sure about that? It's I, over. Because I, I don't know, sure bro. I was that. pretty high before this movie came out, like for you know, to see it. Like, Both of you yeah, guys were really were high because you were fucking lied to yourself. You nice one, bro. But come on, you know <laughs> I, I feel like this isn't <laughs> this isn't surprising to Ray, I feel like. I feel like Ray probably knows me well enough where i think no. he would assume i'd put uncut gems in front of it honestly i, I did put it as um i did put it ahead of on my list for him yes yeah, there I you did. go jerry you stand correct i point. did well, i, I did yeah, but i know that's Jer, what i was saying you know has a different point of view of course so. but i understand i don't know i don't know what conversations you guys had <laughs> i feel like I there's know. a lot of you know elements that good time already you know established that they you know the safties use for uncut gems but yeah i, I agree. Want, uh I think that Uncut Gems is just my more preferred safety film. Um, I am there too. I am there too. And my name is Richard. (laughs) (laughs) Can't even dignify with a real response. Come on now. (laughs) Let me hear your real voice. Let me hear your real criticism. No more soundboards. Uh, I love love both of these movies. Okay. I just, I, I, I truly do. They're very, you know, near and dear to me. I love anything the Safety's brother, Safety brothers do. I just always thought, truly, not because I think you should have this opinion, but because I genuinely thought you shared this opinion, was that you let you preferred Good Time Over Uncut Gems. I and I specifically remember this quote twice when people were saying that this was the spiritual successor to Uncut or I'm sorry, Good Time. You know, you came out of the theater and you're like, I don't know about that. I, I still agree. I don't think it's a successor. I think well, this movie. My definition successor that's what doesn't I'm... mean better. It oh. means it comes. It comes after. That's all successor means. But you okay. thought, you thought that that implied that it was better, and you okay. disagreed. I'll tell you better. right now, just because my definition of successor was just this movie outdid the last one. That was what? me. That well, relax, definitely. This one, I'm just saying, I still think Good Time is a better film, but I'm telling you that I prefer Uncut Gems okay. strictly for just 
I don't know. I did just find a lot more in Adam Sandler's performance and just the, I don't know, the, the suspense that it, that came with it again, more bad decision-making more, you know, testy, you know, people, you know, there's a lot of consequences. It's a lot on the line. And I don't know. I, I found this movie to be again, my more preferred Safety film. Give me That's a fine. I, I look, I, respect I, I have no uh, issue with it being ahead of good time. I just thought differently. I just right. thought totally differently. That's a good thing. It's a good. I I had a lot of hype for this movie, and I'm glad that it lived up to it. And I still think it lives up to it. I think even rewatching it, it still holds up really well, and you know, it doesn't dwindle. There's no like theater, you know, uh, theater watch that you know. I mean, it plays in theaters. Because I remember the theater screening. I saw that with you, right? We were blown away by it. We dude, were, yeah. We were absolutely we were good, blown away. Dude, we were having a good time. And like, I remember we were drinking before. Yeah, we having like, a good time. We so excited. <laughs> like, yeah, it was just, it was a great film. Yeah, I was blown away. It uh, is a, It is a great film. I watched it at the theater, had a blast. At the, like, the last act is so intense. In I prefer like, this ending to Good Times. The way Good Time ends, it's very not drawn out, but you see mm-hmm. it unfold. Whereas this one, you're just smacked with it. And it's almost okay. like you could see it okay. coming, but at the same time, it I definitely it has it the as it, I don't know pulls the rug out from underneath you. So he did with your permission, Jer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to keep this at my number two. Look, I'm just trying to keep you consistent. All right. Whoa. Hey, man. If I put my list together and I thought about it, then yeah, he had it. some time. He had some time to think about it, man. You're acting like I just wrote this down wow. like right after we discussed, you know, our top ten. <laughs> oh God. All right, well, number two for me. Watch out, Ray. I have no shame. I stand by this because this one is a very... I can't talk. I said I was going to give you guys the most shit. (laughs) (laughs) This is the most meaningful film. I mean, not the most, but it trumps the rest of the eight. Um, It's Interstellar, number two. I just really love how it's written. It's about scientists and people, astronauts or whatever you want to call them. They go into space, but, you know, um, Nolan's, you know, uh, I guess analogies with time, it was so perfect in this film. It's, it's, you know, something that is inexplainable to science um, that goes beyond space and time is love. And I think that message just blew me the fuck away. And it's filled with such amazing uh, scenes, obviously the docking scene and just the characters their relationships it was so meaningful and and time is something that you'll never get back time with your family you know and that's the reason why he wanted to stay with his daughter next time he comes around she's an old woman she does save the world but you know she what does the daughter say in the end she was like oh you still have time with uh doctor it's Anne hathaway's character i think it's dr man's or something no dr man is um uh, who's that uh oh the martian he's uh, yeah, Matt, the Martian. Damon. The Martian. <laughs> Matt Damon, but it's and I think brand. the writing is brand. You're close. Brand. Oh, brand. Yeah, but on, it, brand. the writing is incredible. And I think, you know, Matthew McConaughey is just great in this film. And I think the message is the exactly what, full you know, mm-hmm. time and love and, and science and all that is just written so well. Um, Interstellar, it, it was just, it blew me away. I didn't, like, I went in there with no expectations because, like, you told me to just, you know, watch it. And I was like, I'm not really into Nolan that much, but whatever, I'll watch it. <laughs> I came out just blown the fuck away. It was just, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite films, I would say, of the 2010s for sure. But overall, I think one of the best scripts I've ever seen on screen, I think. So Interstellar, number two. 
Respect. Yeah. Respect. I had it. Yeah. Not surprised by that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the part in the ending. <laughs> I'm a sucker for romance and love, but yeah. especially good messages. Well, I'm not going to lie. That's the main issue people have with that movie is the whole. Yes. And I angle. hate that. I hate that. I, oh I mean, sorry, man. Sorry, your world is so cold. Sorry, your fucking Dr. Man on that right? frozen planet. I know fucking... that everyone has trouble so, or I, like, I, I has problems with Anne Hathaway's like, monologue. That is the like, gripe. The love, I know, I know love people monologue. that have a gripe with that, but I, I, you know, I just, I'm open-hearted. I'm Some not a cynical bastard. I'm kids. a cynical bastard 99% of the time, but I still agree that Interstellar is beautiful, and I do agree with the message about love. It's all, all you need is love, baby. It's true. It's all you need. It's true. Love yes, all you sir. Need. Number two, Jer. Well, oh my, my God, you got to be kidding me! Yeah, come on, me. All right, all right. My number two. You guys want to guess what my number two is? Oh, hold on, let me get... pull my list. Um, Do I have a chance? I, uh, I, you already told me. You, my number two for you is wrong. I know that for sure. But okay, now that I'm re-guessing, you're giving me a guess. Yeah. Go ahead. Project. You first. I'm saying Florida Project. I say Uncut Gems. No. We're both okay. wrong. <laughs> uh, no, it is the superior Safty movie, in my opinion. What? Good Time oh. is my number two. I Rough. see. Yeah. Uh, Maybe okay, okay, okay. Makes sense, thing. though. Love Good Time. It is It is still my favorite Safty. I, I love Uncut okay. Gems. Really do. Yeah, yeah. Five-star film. I just, again, it's more of a personal thing with Good Time. Uh, mm-hmm. When my first experience, my first exposure to the Safety Brothers saw it in theaters, I was running late, running on nothing but caffeine, and trying to make this movie. And I get inside, theater's super loud. I just barely make it in the movie, <laughs> so I'm already living a Safety movie, right? I'm already like on edge, anxious, you know, just trying to get to a place in time, going up those long flight of stairs. That's full method already. It's method watching, dude. It says method. <laughs> method you know, watching. And, and I didn't know. Obviously, I had no idea what the Safety Brothers were all about. But as soon as I sat down, it was like, okay, here we go. Boom. And it just never let up. That whole movie was a complete immersive thrill ride. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was terrifying at points. It was just what a, what a fucking shit show that whole scenario is in that film. But um, yeah, just complete sensory assault. I love the look of it, the color over saturation the neon uh and just the performances obviously robert pattinson is just you can't take your eyes off him he's incredible mm-hmm. yeah. uh and just you know i love the fact that it takes place over one night because you really feel that passage of right time, yeah like, kind of strapped in with this guy people have critiqued that the movie you know shows him doing some pretty questionable things and you know i agree he's a shitty person and that's mm-hmm. kind of why it's subversive is because yeah he's the main character the goal that he has sort of lines up with what you want him. You kind of want him to succeed because you want his brother freed, but you also hate to root for this scum fuck Mm -hmm. who's so selfish and throwing everyone under the bus and stepping over their heads to get what he wants. And that kind of makes you feel like you're fucking held hostage with him. And you're seeing him do that with all these other people. He's just taking advantage of people and they're all falling for it. And you as the audience member are like, you're captive uh, to that. And it's so thrilling, but the real magic happened on multiple rewatches it's weird this is a movie that a lot of people say and i i don't blame them people say i'll never watch this movie again great film never want to see it again too much too stressful 
for me, I'm like way more in awe of how the Safdies are able to capture stress because think about it. Stress is a fucking strong emotion. When 99% of the time people's general reaction to films is apathy and like boredom and they check their phone and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. The fact that a movie can make you stressed means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's an unpleasant feeling, but the fact that it's able to capture your attention that much and make you genuinely experience anxiety and fear in a fictional setting, that's powerful. You, I want to, I want to figure out what the fuck they're doing. Uh, so that has that potency. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I rewatched it multiple times and, you know, once the stress wears down and I'm, you know, I get over just how amazing they're able to execute that rawness, that feeling like you're fucking on PCP about to rob a bank. Like you're just so jittery and you're what is going on. You're scared. Once you get over that, this movie has a lot. It's trying to say like a lot. And you know, it's, it's very honest. It's, it's neon poetry, if you will. There's so much going on underneath the surface mm-hmm. and you kind of have to look a little bit deeper for it, but you know, to contrast how the rest of this movie is um, just so frenetic and chaotic and kind of violent and in your face and grimy, it ends so sweet and so touching. And it re- and you realize like, wow, like this is what a, what a crazy punchline for a film like this is that, it's actually like the sweetest ending the, like the heart tug at the end. Like, mm. whereas like cut gems kind of ends like on a really sad, right, like, right, right. Yeah. Oh, like a sad shock. Uh, this one is more of like a, well, like I, you know, your hero didn't quite get to where he, he thought mm-hmm. he was going to get to, which again, he was just prolonging the inevitable similar to Sandler's character. But uh, you know, there are some good that comes of that. You could argue right. that for, there's character too like he's out of this cycle of gambling but i think that's a little bit more of a like a pessimistic way to look at it because in this case it's like now this brother is like freed yeah. of his brother yeah. and he can and i think that last it. scene is is really nice the yeah. music of course with it is just music is awesome beautiful but yeah i mean the movie you know there's a lot of subtle stuff too about how you know authority cops the, the media kind of uh they favor the white man, even though right in your face, he's getting away with all this shit. He's doing all this despicable stuff and all the victims that he leaves in his wake are mostly all black. Mm-hmm. And I that's not accidental. Like he, you know, they're the cops are the one quickly see the security guard there. And he, even though he, I get, I get it, his clothes are changed, but like the cops don't question it. They're like, Oh, it's just another black homeless guy. And we're going to take him in. And yeah. you know, they don't consider, the whole situation. And they do that a lot throughout the film. They let like, there's a part where he's at the hospital and the cop doesn't question him being suspicious because he's a white guy. Like that's the fucking elephant in the room is this, this white guy getting away with so much shit, you know? And, and even like when the girl gets arrested, you know, she's getting arrested for doing essentially nothing while he gets away scot-free because he's, you know, a white dude in the security outfit. And it's just like a lot of stuff like that where it's like, Damn, like this movie is actually trying to say something. It isn't even just a even the beginning too when they have the disguises on. They're disguising themselves black. as black people. Yeah, black, black dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just to that's actually, they know that they leave their disguise, they're gonna you know be the com- op- the complete opposite. So right, they're gonna be just looking to for a black. Suspect, and they'll never suspect is, them. Yeah, that actually happened. So those masks. There's a true story, mm-hmm. a robbery, where a white guy wore a mask that looked exactly like that. Like it was like Hollywood product, very expensive mask, like costs hundreds, if not thousands, very realistic looking. And it looked just like that mask in in the beginning of this film. And uh, he robbed a bank and they arrested a black man 
for looking like that mask and his own mother ratted him out and said and saw the fucking photos of the security footage and she was like yeah that is my son that's how fucking that's (laughs) That's how realistic it was but yeah no that really happened so it's like the safties obviously clearly heard about this story and wanted to kind of just they just rolled with it they just kept they Mm -hmm. took it further they just took that concept further um but yeah i mean there's a lot of stuff in this movie it's just a lot it's not just connie's character it's everybody kind of especially in this day and age kind of uses each other and they're all trying to they all want something they're all getting something out of someone yeah they all Mm -hmm. all, that's that's all it is is climbing the ladder connie's just really good at it he's just really good stepping overheads to get to the top yeah love good a good time one of just the the strongest voices new voices in cinema it's so, so exciting like Safdie Brothers, this feels like a movie that once the Safdie Brothers have a more established filmography, people are going to look back to this as like their Reservoir Dogs. They're like, whoa, like they came out the, hot out the gate like with this shit. And yeah, it's a classic in the making, in my opinion. Hell yeah. The movie's already Hell a classic. Yeah. It should be for anybody who's yeah. seen it. Yeah. I'm surprised yeah. that, I don't know, I, that people wouldn't want to watch this again. I get the idea of it being intense and, you know. People can't There's a lot the of stress, stress, but I don't know. I, it, I guess after you watch it the first time, it's not like, again, not that you can't, you know, not that the film can't capture that emotion again, the emotion of stress, but, you know, just because you've seen it, but, you know, it's, why wouldn't you want to go back? That movie's a ride. Like, that movie's mm-hmm. not even, I guess you could look at it, you know, negatively. You don't know what I'm talking about. At all. At all. But <laughs> you should want to go back and see that because it's not even long either. That movie it might, I don't know if it felt flies longer by. just for the stress, but yeah, it flies by exactly. So, um, I don't, that movie is probably the most rewatchable out of, I don't know, all of these as the far fucking, as like runtime uh, and just how fast things move along. The um, anecdote, uh, where, um, uh, buddy Duress's character, Ray, mm-hmm. the anecdote where he tells the story about how he got into jail and got out of the jail and went back into jail and was selling the acid. Like that whole anecdote, that whole flashback sequence is like masterful. I don't think people realize like how I could watch that scene a hundred times. There's nothing wrong with it. It's so perfectly executed. That like, movie, that little monologue is like a movie within a movie, honestly. Yeah. Just to, it's like, so yeah. good. It's like the, be- like that's to me what puts it over. First of all, I love Uncut Gems. It doesn't necessarily have a moment like that, but Uncut Gems also allows you more room to breathe because it's telling a bigger story, mm-hmm. which is fine for that story it's trying to tell. But I like the fact that the good time is more contained. It's more like tight-knit. Many people say that Uncut Gems is an expansion on good time. It improves on a lot of the ideas, but I kind of like mm. the simplicity and the you know claustrophobia of uh, good time and that it takes place all in one place one night and it's all very close very very aggressive close-ups in cars and things like that yeah Um, so yeah i i just think that brings the tension up for me and whereas uncut gems has more room to breathe and there's more comedy for sure it's a little bit more enjoyable throughout like in in terms of you know the traditional term enjoyable is that you can kind of breathe a little bit i think people talk about uncut gems like it's so stressful i'm like relax good there's a lot is, of slow mo there's a lot more good time yeah, there are way so, yeah, yeah. aggressive mm-hmm. like yeah yeah but also oh, good yeah. time happens in a much shorter span of time so sure yep so yep. i mean there you go mm-hmm. oh, right. and a well-placed a well-placed number, number two <sighs> number one now huh this oh, is shit. 
the top film number one for each of us. Oh, in the brother. 2010s. This is probably where the judgment is going to come for each of us, but we'll see. I hope not. <laughs> Rich, you're starting it off, so we'll test we'll test it out right now. My number one is like your number nine, I think, <laughs> The Shape of Water. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I respect yeah, that. I don't know. The Shape of Water is my comfort film. Uh, it's just that oh, okay. that movie is art. And if you don't like art, I don't like you. But, like <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Even to go back to, I know we talked about it a little bit already, but to even go back to the bestiality comments and yeah. at those those issues with people, I don't know if it's kind of makes me root for a little more like you know they shouldn't be in love really you know it's weird but i don't know like just the fact that there's not supposed to be makes me root for them even more um and yeah all you need is love going back a little bit love 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 is what strikes the hardest and that movie is pretty amazing and michael shannon is a fucking psycho in this movie he's not a psycho but you know he's a force you were speaking russian <laughs> because of Michael Shannon, yeah, I swear, I I fucking wash my hands before I pee now. Like, I don't give a. There's a lot about but... his character. <laughs> yeah, that I don't know. That guy just, you know, he starts to lose his mind in that movie, tearing off his fingers. Yeah. I don't know that guy. Oh, that guy God. sold the villain or sold the villain really well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's one thing that Guillermo does very very well is his villains in my opinion I yeah mean, yeah his, mm-hmm. his villain in pan's labyrinth is the standout of the movie oh pan's yeah absolutely down. is one of the most still in my opinion like the most hateable villain that i can recall like in terms of he's he's actually like a fleshed out character that we spend a lot of time with captain vidal is fucking so detestable but michael shannon does fill that role very well yeah. of like he had most mm-hmm. villains. Absolutely. They established the villain really well. He it gets personal, you know, when he loses his fingers and you know, mm-hmm. now you know he really fucking hates this creature and you know that he really wants to see, you know, in you know, its demise. Yeah, it's demise. Yeah. Thank you. But uh but yeah, I I put this one at my the top just for I me. like it. I just love I the like way it. everything looks. Yeah. The makeup, it. it's just it's beautiful. Even, you know, uh all the all the set pieces and everything and everything that kind of you know also suspends belief like what in what fucking movie would you know the fucking bathroom fill up with water because they closed the door like paddington one (laughs) i haven't seen that happens you know what's crazy but i love it i love that it just doesn't make sense but it's all for you know the love of romance um yeah so i have to say there's a scene in paddington one in the very beginning first of all crazy this is gonna blow your mind shape of water fans out there so Sally Hawkins is in Paddington one. She and she, she's in both of them. She plays the mom of Paddington, the adopted mother of Paddington. Mm. Crazy, right? That gets better. Yeah. Paddington is from Peru, which is, as you know, a South American country. Mm-hmm. He also is brought into Sally Hawkins' house, and there's a scene where he lets the sink water on, I believe, or the bath water. I'm not sure, but the bathroom floods and the doors closed, and it fills up all the way to the ceiling, and he's floating in it. Sound familiar? Which one came out first? Paddington one, I think, Whoa. or maybe the same year actually. Oh, I let gotta, me check my source. I gotta switch. Whoa. I gotta switch. I'm check my sources. Shape of Water. <laughs> <laughs> no one else. Seen, I mean, people have drawn the connections. <laughs> people have drawn the connections. Okay, Sally Hawkins brings in a strange creature from South America into her home. Kind of a coincidence, right? 
Oh, this Paddington one is is came out in 2014. Sorry, Rich. It's it's way it's three years yeah, before. It's four years ahead of. Uh, uh, I think genius. the second one was 2017, but uh, yeah, but no one ever mentions the bathroom thing, which is like to me that seals the deal. That's like whoa. There, oh, it says like, right here that Del Toro was a fucking writer on Paddington one, dude. What are you talking about? Was he really? No. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you had me. You got me. You um, had me yeah. there. He, yeah. So you know, there. Wait. So when you watch Paddington, you were just like, "Wait a second, this looks yeah, all too dude, familiar." This, I was already like, "This is kind of weird that he's from the Amazon, basically," and like she, you know, adopts him, brings him into the home, and then like then the bathroom started filling up. I'm like, "Whoa, this is." This is pretty insane. <laughs> this is same film. She, do, she doesn't fuck the bear. That would have been weird. Uh, but she she does fuck the fish in Shape of Water. Yeah. Um, Rightfully so. He is a handsome fella. Um, <laughs> He's buff, man. That dude's yeah. fucking ripped. And he heals. All right. Hair loss. Oh yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. But anyway, another thing about one. Shape of Water that's cool is you know the, all the social issues it addresses. I think in oh, a yeah. really creative way. You know, your gay character, your black characters, and it's all addressing it in the era, in the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's very much, uh, I think, done tastefully and it's and, wonderful. Uh, yeah, yep. meaningfully. Number one for me. Let's hear it. If you guys didn't get this, then you don't know. I'll tell you already right, that right. I didn't get it. I already I'm know what it is, pissed. but it's wrong. No, yeah, it's it's, not it wrong. is wrong. I'm agree with Jared. Parasite. It's it's, <laughs> it's the social network. It's, it's the social, social network. Don't listen. It should have been Hollywood. Parasite. I'm team Hollywood for Ray, and your team social for Ray. But <laughs> no, it's anything's it's but parasite. parasite. How I'm is it not parasite? Down. You guys, I had it on your list too. Down. I know you like this movie a lot, but I just would never have put it at number one. It's I the feel only like movie I would've... that I sent that was like five stars. I'm pretty sure that I end the 2010. Your rating system doesn't really translate doesn't, well anymore. Doesn't even make sense here. <laughs> it makes fact, sense to me. I throw out fives, like not willy nilly, but you know, if I really, really, yeah, truly love something, yeah, I throw out a five. Parasite to me is a 4.5. So I'm already like, all Fuck right, you. Ray. Yeah, yeah. Let's Fuck go. You. Let's fucking go. Let's no, go, dude. Well, tell us. I love get, Parasite. Get into it. Get into it a little bit. We don't mean to talk all. And over. obviously. Bong does a great job, man. He put that movie to just, I don't know. I, I didn't really have that many expectations about it going into it. I was like, oh, it's an Asian film. Like, you know, I didn't really know much about Bong before this, but then I watched the film and I think that there's just so much to take away from it. You can rewatch it over and over again, although I probably watched it tops maybe five times. You've seen it I five like, times? This is news to yeah. me. I didn't know you've seen it. I have it on 4K. I know that much, but I never hear oh, about your rewatches. I yeah, always hear I, about I your put it on sometimes when I'm coding, but it's also just like a great film. I mean, like the characters, especially like the climax is what like pushed it to a five for me. It's funny, but also just very serious. And, you know, I can relate to it, obviously, in some level, not necessarily like the social class because I am a middle class individual. But like I do like the the dynamic between the rich and the poor, but also just being Asian, the family aspect of it. It's very, you know, it's beautiful. It's touching to me. And I love the dad. I don't know the actor's name, but he's just amazing in that film. And I also just love the... I love the details in that film. Yeah. Everything it's, is it's, in a lot it's, of Korean movies. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, like even the villain. Um, what was his name? 
Song Kang Ho. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think he's just great in general. But also, just there's not really one villain. It depends on your perspective of things. It's almost the dynamic between the rich and the poor. It's almost like you know, the rich people aren't necessarily bad. They're not bad people. They're good-hearted individuals, and the poor people aren't necessarily bad people either for their motivations. They just want to climb that ladder, and it's also just like the fact that the that one weird guy that lives under the basement, like just all these different philosophical, you know, meanings, and also just him. Is he really like the villain? I know he kind of pushes the climax, and it's like crazy. It's insane that He's climax. The hero is just, to me. Yeah, right. Like some people, obviously, and hero. it's just like he literally lost his mind. <laughs> down there i love like, i love that halfway point of the film where everything just shifts entirely yeah things just start to really unfold and mm-hmm. you know, come mm-hmm. light uh i think it's a perfect film in my opinion and i think it's it's lovely it has a lot to say and of course bong being bong i just love the fact that he's an asian guy and he won an oscar for it and he destroyed that night for the oscars so i'm you know i'm proud of that and i think that's why it deserves a number one for me yeah. Yeah. You gave it five stars, right? Yeah. I'm glad stars. that he got the Oscar. To me, it was yeah, just man. more like, you know, how probably people who didn't like Shape of Water but loved Guillermo saw him getting the mm. Oscar. They were like, okay. this isn't the movie he should have got it for. Like, I think he's made better movies. Like, I have, like, a couple of other movies that he's made. I think mm-hmm. part of me, I'll, I'll fully admit this, part of me is just, like, a little bitter that it was this was the movie that people opened up their eyes to him for. Mm. Uh, because he'd already done great stuff and you know memories of murder is my favorite and i haven't watched him you know uh, he's he's good he's really good i just think i this wasn't like immediately like my favorite i did have higher expectations because of who he is and then also you know what i'd heard is that oh this movie is crazy and honestly the craziness didn't live up for me but i did i still thought it was great Mm-hmm. And it, but like the crazy it didn't fully go there same thing with lighthouse people were like i i think i just build up craziness levels a little too high for myself that's on mm-hmm. me but no it is a good movie um but yeah maybe part of me is just like i think he's done better and i i don't hold it as high as others but i'm glad that it got him the exposure now everyone knows yeah. who he is. now korean cinema which i hold very highly now has this spotlight on it i i don't think this is near my favorite korean movies but i'm glad that it korean cinema is being taken seriously in a big way like it, this is mm-hmm. huge for korean cinema that i got this level of exposure everybody knows what parasite is everyone does. yeah so i'm glad i mean for it's that. my first um i think it's just my first bong joon movie to be honest i don't even think i've watched anything else mine too yeah you should I definitely think. look into more i mean you might you might still oh, have this as your yeah. favorite but i'm sure you'll still find that he has a lot of great stuff and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know um Park Chan Wook, who is this kind of I consider yeah. obviously there have a few on my list. He is my favorite Korean director, and like again, like all of his movies, like I would say Old Boy, which is I think is my favorite Korean Korean film. But that one gets the most. That one has gotten the most recognition of his. But again, like not nearly enough. It's already been remade right. to American. Like that's the <laughs> shitty thing. It's like what if yeah. somebody you know they might do a remake of Parasite, but like that again, like it just kind of delegitimizes the importance of Korean cinema to me. It's like, no. And it's like, yeah, I'm glad that Bong Joon-ho broke through, but you know, I want, I want to see more people like exploring these other films from that country now. Cause I think there's a lot more out there, but yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Hell yeah brother. 
It does make sense for you. I think, you know, Hollywood should probably, I mean, it was in, I did put it in your top three spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm surprised this right isn't on. a fiver for you, Jared. I don't know. I guess I see what you're saying and why, why it isn't. You, you feel like you've seen better work from him, but I, I don't know. I, I held this. Yeah, up. it was just, it was just shy. I didn't fully live up, but like, mm-hmm. you know, I do think I, li- I like the issues in it. I just could have been high expectations, but it wasn't, I mean, Shape of Water came out this year, didn't it? Well, what year, no, what year was this? Uh, 2019. No, 2017. Oh, no. oh, Parasite was 2019. Yeah, Parasite was right before yeah. the pandemic. Well, thankfully, yeah. I do have a list so I can pull up the receipts of my top tw- tw- movies of 2019. Mm-hmm. Just really quick because I want to like actually see. Okay, so Midsummer, Portrait mm-hmm. of a Lady on Fire, Uncut Gems, uh, once spent time in Hollywood, which is apparently beat out on cut gems since, and then Parasite. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. where I had it was still in my top five, but it wasn't. Yeah, as, yeah. It wasn't as. Yeah, I respect it. Everybody, I that movie was. It. My parents even watched that movie. My parents do not watch. Everybody watched this. Fucking my parents movie. do yeah. not watch movies. The hype <laughs> was unreal. Movies let alone with it subtitles, <laughs> you know. So, I remember they were, even they were, you know, on board with watching it. So, there's no way that movie. I feel like even if you love it and you do think it's one of the best movies ever, there's no possible way it could live up to the hype that it has. It's insane. It's ridiculous. In my opinion, like the the amount of hype it is as great as it is. I'm like, Whoa, that's a lot. It's pretty insane, insane. but that's, that's me. I don't know. Maybe I'm alone (laughs) on that. I just think it's, I love it. I think it's amazing. All right. Number one, Jeremy, you're the last, but not least. (sighs) Number one film. Well, let me remind myself. I chose for your number one. Yeah, yeah. You already said my number one film for you, but (laughs) I don't know now. You did already go over your number one for me, so yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I I couldn't guess. My number one is, and my name is Richard. (laughs) The Florida Project. Wow, really? Yes. Damn, I didn't think it would go over good time. Damn. It's always been. If you look at my A twenty four list, which you That's could have, you tough. could have cheated. It was it was ahead of it in twenty seventeen, oh and it was ahead of it on my top A twenty four films. Uh, Damn, I did not know that. Yeah, I, I did mean, put it on your list, but I didn't put it. Oh, yeah, dang. I'm surprised. I figured if it wasn't in there now, it wouldn't be in there at all. Yeah, that's but what I thought too. That's I'm like, just a wee bit surprised. So I am too. I am too. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I thought Good Time was your number one. I really. Oh man. Yeah. Well, well tell you know, us. Tell it, us why you love Florida. Uh, it Florida could Project, be though. these two were fighting for the number one spot for sure, but um, I think Florida Project for me is just it's got a little bit more to say, and it's one that I when I do rewatch it, I got so many emotions out of it. Uh, I I laugh like I genuinely think this is a comedy film in disguise. Mm-hmm. Yet it also can get so fucking heavy really fast. And, you know, cause you're fit and it, I think it captures youth and childhood extremely well, very authentically, authentically to the point where you kind of share this nostalgia almost that isn't really there. Like you feel like you grew up with these kids cause you're watching them act so naturally and it just takes you back mm-hmm. kind of some things about growing up poor. They're somewhat relatable. I didn't grow up as poor as they did, for example, but there's some things that are like, Hey, and I wasn't exactly right. super privileged and I can relate to this. And, uh, you know, 
just the the idea that it captures youth so well like you really feel like you're watching the movie from a kid's eye view and then also showing very authentically the lives of adults and the realities and it just kind of brings those two worlds together and you know as a kid you realize like all that adult world was all always around us we just never saw it but as an adult when you're watching this it's like it becomes very clear that they always coexisted and it's kind of a sad bittersweetness like it's like oh man but the, mm-hmm. as a kid, you don't think about it. As a kid, you're sort of protected from it. And there's some scenes where that's tested, like, you know, the infamous where Booney's taking a bath and, like, the, you know, the John comes in. And, you know, that's kind of where it finally breaks, where, like, the, the world, the separation between youth and the, you know, the darkness of the adult world breaks through mm-hmm. and you can no longer hide it. Yeah, they overlap. And, that's yeah, they overlap. And it's just, it is very sad. It's a, it's an incredibly heartbreaking film, mm-hmm. a very conflicting film. Uh, I think it's beautifully shot, very well acted from everybody. Um, and it's just, I, it's a, it's a weird, it, for weird enough reasons, it's just a joy to watch for me. Like I always, even yeah, if it makes yeah. me sad, you know, even the, uh, the, toward the end when things get really, really dark and feel hopeless, I think there's some glimmer of just like, oh man, like this just, is hmm. especially human very tragically human and um yeah i think it looks great in 35 millimeter and um there's no score which is crazy up until the last scene which we've kind of talked about no, i didn't know that's that yeah there's no score i mean the first that very first scene actually has the celebrate good times yeah celebrate yeah uh that's it though there's no score it just kind of shows everyone existing it's kind of like little vignettes and um yeah that's kind of what i think vignettes movies like like once upon a time in hollywood and inherent vice those are movies that are easy to rewatch because you just kind of like yeah. love these little moments you love these little mm-hmm. moments where the characters can just be characters mm-hmm. um but yeah i think uh i just love stories about marginalized societies um the authenticity of this one is pretty much unparalleled in my opinion yeah uh and you know just the best use of non-actors and uh my favorite willem performance i think just for how subtle it is you know we've constantly see defoe for how like over the top and crazy and creepy and funny he can be but this one is just so natural and just so chilled out it's like damn i i want to know bobby i want to know this guy yeah. I care for this yeah. guy and um yeah the big emotional moment at the end is super effective um but yeah, I just love, I love that it shows. Into- I love that it shows what goes on, like literally right outside of Disney World too, which I never yeah. really yeah. about. That's the whole like mm-hmm. that's the thing when you take a step back is like yeah. this. This is what Disney World caused this poverty that's mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is the this is the you know the debris of capitalism, corporatism, and just kind of like it's ironic that it's Disney, you know, a place for children to play and and dream and be free, and it's the happiest place on earth. And yet the kid, these kids are sitting on the outskirts of it, not allowed in. Right. Yeah. They're trying to make the best of what they can because they're kids. That's what kids do. But the adults are always aware of the sad truth um, that, you know, that Disney's kind of shut them out and, you know, affected a lot of lives. Definitely addresses that point very, very effectively. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's just one of those movies, again, I think in a way it defines its decade. You know, we're starting to see a lot of effects of late stage capitalism 
and uh, you know people becoming aware to that effect. Parasite addresses that, mm-hmm. um, and this this movie kind of tackles that as well, while also still being a joy to watch at times and a total heartbreaker. It's kind of a weird, you know, mix of both. It's really yeah. it's really impressive that those you have to like remind yourself that those kids are acting because it just it seems so yeah. weird to think that you know these are five year olds you know, acting in a movie when it seems so natural that they're just running around having fun. And it's, mm-hmm. that's honestly really, really impressive to me is just to be sold on that. Um, because even the way it, they there talk is, is yeah. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, even the way they talk is so like, it, even though it's kid, like there's, there's still humor in it. Like the, I always laugh at the line where she's like, yeah, you know, we're going a little too far. I don't know. And they're like, Come on, it's okay. Don't be a loser. (laughs) It's just like you hear kids talk like that. And it's like, you know, that is as a kid, when you call a kid a loser, like that's a that's a pretty big uh insult. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like don't take that lightly. Uh so you know, they're essentially talking mad shit to each other. You know, they sometimes (laughs) use very explicit actual bad word language, but you know, even the way they talk nonchalantly, it's like, damn, they got a mouth on them, but it's so cool to watch that. This is very natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I just thought it was going to be, I put it a little low on your list, but damn it. I thought good time. Shit. I still can't get over that. <laughs> well, it's okay. I probably did the worst in terms of guesses here. I'll just, no, I, I did even worse. I think like I was looking throughout the day, throughout the entire recording. I was like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> maybe Richie did the best. I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I, I, we'll see. I don't think so. I'm trying to, I don't think I got any for you, Jared. I know I got one for Ray, but okay. Shit. So without further ado, mm. let's, let's see um, how wrong okay. you were. I'm just going to read off like, or Richie, you start you, cause you went first. So you have your, pull up your list. Just guess. And, or sorry, just, just, just say you just and read Ray. it off. So, and I'm going to look at my list and be like, <laughs> okay, yeah. yes or no. And then you tally it. You tally. Okay. Give yourself two points if it was in the same actual place and then just one point, if it was in your list at all, or if it was in my list at all. Okay. 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 I see what you're saying. Um, all right. So for you, Jer, I honestly had a hard time coming up with your number 10. So I just threw in 127 hours. Oh my God. <laughs> the movie 27 hours. You love that movie more than I do. <laughs> that was your top 10. I was having, no, it's not my top 10, uh, but I was having a hard time. Oh, this is why when you said your fucking top, you only did a top yeah, eight for us. Top eight, and and then I, I just came told up, you to I put in one, anything. Yeah, exactly. So I found I like a like, good number nine or sorry, I found one to squeeze in that would push others back to number nine. But then for Ray, I also had a tough time with your number 10 and I just figured because you love romance, I threw in La La Land for your number 10. And there's zero there, but actually no, that's, no your, number, that's your number 11 for number 10. I threw in rogue one. Cause I was certain you would that's also <laughs> on there. But okay. Disney movie, right? You didn't have another. Yeah, Disney I was, movie. I was on. No, it was only one. I was on. To I said, I said Coco and then like, Florida Project is like, I guess, you know, that's not that's Disney, but obviously. Disney. Yeah, it's like anti-Disney. Even the name, the Florida Project, is literally the project name for Disney World back mm-hmm. in the 60s, I think. Yeah, yeah. for Walt, you know. All right. So, yeah, those are the those are my number 10s Ten? for you guys. Okay. Well, well, no, I think you could just read off the whole list. Oh, just keep going yeah, down? Just, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, just like, okay, okay. You don't even have to rotate. Just go down 
dwindle down my list. Okay, real quick. so I'll, I'll go down your list. All right, so yeah, I put number 10, 127 hours. Number nine, I put a Blade Runner 2029. 2049. <laughs> <laughs> 27 yeah. hours. 2049. 2099. Uh, and then yeah. number, number eight, I put, I haven't even seen okay, this, but you I give know. yourself one point because you get you. So give yourself one point for that because. For Blade Runner? Yeah, because that's right. on my list. One no, tally. Yeah. All right. And then. I haven't seen this, but I for some reason I I know you like this movie a lot. I put Under the Silver Lake. Um, Damn, that's a good dude. Could have been that's a good one. Could have made my list. Yeah, it wouldn't have um, beat Out Aster. It's a good guess. And then I went ahead and also haven't seen it, but I know you love this the shit out of this film, uh, Phantom Thread. Um, so it is a oh, so you got a point for that. Yeah. Right on. Nice. Oh, there you go. Uh, Once Upon a Time was your number six. I thought. Um, did that make your this list? Another that point. Made your list. Yeah. Yeah. yeah number point, four. Yeah. That was your four. Then Midsommar was your five. Um, did oh, that, I didn't put that. Oh, I, I didn't put Midsommar. Yeah. Okay. I should have. I yeah. wanted to, but I couldn't. Django, I put for your number four, uh, which that was on your list, correct? Yes. Was it was it up or was it back? It was seven. It was seven. All right. And then number three, man, I put Mandy, man. Ooh. Um, what, what was Mandy? Was Mandy your fourth? Five. Fuck. Damn. What was your fourth? Once upon a time. Ah, yeah, bitch. And then I put Florida Project for your number two and Good Time for your number one. Oh, he switched it. Yeah. Mm, Hold on. Last it, one, man. that's old Richard. Well, so how many points is that? Did you count them that, yourself? Yeah, that makes yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Not okay. bad. Seven. There you go. No, yeah, that's actually not okay. fucking bad. Now, now Ray's. Now Raymundi's Sweet Baby Ray. Okay. Sweet Baby Ray. All right, so yeah, I... I put Rogue One for ten. I saw you you gave Train to Busan a, a four, which I thought yeah. was like a hundred percent in my eyes. So I threw that at number nine on the list. <laughs> okay, <laughs> everything on my list is four and a half. Everything above a three is remarkable, for... in my opinion. I'm like, wow, Ray everything really on my list is five. This. I don't allow four and a half. None of that. Yeah, that doesn't count for Ray because any if a two out of five for Ray is like Ray will say he liked this film a lot. I give it a two. <laughs> Impossible. Ray's rating, Impossible. rating system. Back I, me up I on love that, you, Ray, but I'll never understand. I I love it. I respect that. I do. But... You're over two. <laughs> Uh, and then I put Django for your number eight. Damn, it almost made my list. That it wasn't did, on I'm it. so yeah. surprised, dude. I'm actually no way. Hold the phone. I'm pissed that you didn't put Django for how much I'm you not... fucking <laughs> defend <laughs> that fucking movie and say Me? yes, defend dude. it. I don't defend it. I always say like there's a like I am on the fence about him writing that film. You we've talked about this. No, but you defended yes. over that. I wasn't too wrong. sure where Ray stood on Django. I felt like I've I talked to him about it, but movie. I don't think it's one of my favorite. I mean, there's like four or five films up from Quentin that I like. I was more gonna put it him. more towards the middle, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, No, I think you this put is that behind. movie way higher than Inglorious, and that was the argument because I'm team. Hey, it is better than Inglorious. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Richie. Attack. Uh... <laughs> There's Kill Bill. That's two movies right there. I will say, I I think if I had to choose to watch one for the rest of my life, I'd pick Inglorious Bastards. Mm, Okay. Um, But Django, you know, Django's a big hit. Um, All right, so that was number eight for you. Then I put Sound of Metal. Wait, so... That almost made my list, too. I I don't have any. I'm still at zero, right? Django's not on your list at all, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Sound of Metal was your number seven, I thought. Because I know you love the shit out of that film. Um, Yeah. Parasite, I put for your number six. I didn't expect it to take. That's a that's this. a point. That's a point. Um, and then Uncut Gems was your number five. 
I thought um, I thought this would almost make your made list my for list sure. too. I'm actually that's probably my most surprised one. Uh, I'm not a Safty dude. I'm not like I love. I think they're okay. great films, but I'm just you not like. Take that back. I'm not like you guys. You quote, I feel like you guys. You literally like, wanted to buy the Furby. You wanted to buy the basketball. You're a fucking Ray, Safty. We okay, so it's it's a basketball signed that's gonna be. I was planning to sign for Kevin Garnett. Obviously, Ray, like I'm a basketball. You wanted that chain, bro. That chain was like 400 bucks. You can't say that you don't love badass. Can't say that you're not a Safty guy. I would have ripped that chain off like Ti in that gift. I would have fucking poured off your your chest for compared to you guys. I don't think that I'm a Safty, bro. Like I'm just not. Like I think you guys talk about those films a lot more than I ever talk about it. Like how often do I talk about like Uncut Gems or or? I just reject your good time. Realistically, I think the last time I talk about Good Time was the last time I watched it or rewatched it. Now you're just making us mad, bro. It's true though. <laughs> you guys are silent because I'm it's true. No, I know oh this guy God. doesn't love a Good Time, which is I, I don't love it. Loves sure. uncut gems. I know, that, like I remember everything. Do we came out, the, and we was came out of the film and I mean the theater, and I was like, it was great. But I don't think that like Ray, what you guys we were saying where this he, like, he deserved you, an Oscar was that. It's not about like, if he, he deserves anything, an Oscar like, or not. not Raymond's like the biggest I'm... basketball head of ever. This like, movie this was made for you, right? Literally. Yeah, this movie <laughs> is so you. The it's only thing that is for me? <laughs> yes. It's literally about gambling anxiety. Kevin Garnett is the character whatsoever. Like I don't. But I get his struggles. I just don't I don't relate to Adam Sandler's character in there. I'm not a gambler. I'm not a guy that like womanizes and has kids, but like I you love don't have to relate the to the main character. Have to talk about the content, guy. like the subject matter, not the being like Adam Sandler in the movie. Like that's okay, but yeah. I, don't I, I got mean, more from the other films that I watched in general. I mean, Kevin Garnett's good. Like, what's your number ten again? Blade Runner. Which one? Okay. Twenty forty nine. Oh, I mean twenty four. Right. There's it's impossible to okay. get Blade Runner one. <laughs> All right. All anyway, right. moving on from that headache. Uh, shut up <laughs> this whole podcast turned into a safety movie when we come <laughs> it's an anxiety fest <laughs> just yelling over each other <laughs> for number four i did get right it is once upon a time in hollywood wait uh, wait i was I thought... off by one for like all of race shit are we already that was number i've had your uncut gem... i had uncut gems on... oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i was yeah, so sorry, certain yeah. that you even had this movie in your top five bro so that's three like, right there right because uh, you got two points, points for yeah. yeah so it's three points total i mean and then you guys are more than welcome to beat the shit out of me for this one but once ray was i don't know why i just felt like ray would no shame this movie into his list but i went ahead and i threw in joker oh <laughs> my god this guy does not know me. Anyone listening? This guy does not know me. Bro, he's one of my best you friends. Apparently, I've watched this movie quite a bit. Though, this guy put like. 127 hours in my top 10. So that's, I mean, that doesn't count. <laughs> that's different because I didn't even think about this one. This one I thought about, and I was like, you know what? what? I feel like old Ray's gonna gonna throw Joker in there. He's gonna throw us the old curveball. Just throw a wrench in there. Yeah. <laughs> I put 127 hours literally a moments before this and you know, we started recording. So you you can't excuse me for this one. But uh all right, all right so for your number two mm-hmm. I put Midsommar which did make the list. It's on the list, yeah four and then um I know that movie hits home for you big time. And yeah then, yeah uh number one again a movie that should have been number one for you. I don't believe your list. It's the social network. 
Um, well, you got half. You really thought I mean, he was going to put it as his number one? You're tripping. He was never going to let you have the satisfaction. I should have <laughs> already with, like so is, like it's not right? even going to make my top ten at all. I did not, not say that. I said it's not going to be number you one. You did say that. You did you say that. I didn't say it wasn't going to be top ten. Yes, I did not say top ten for sure. Top ten for sure. I thought it would be in your top five. Listen to episode one. It is my top five. Where is it? It is in my top five. Where'd you have number five? Oh, it's that's like on the edge of that's the edge of you know the Pacific Rim of number five. That's right on the edge. So you guys are going to tell me that the top four that I have are not films that I actually love. What is your number one? It's Parasite. Parasite, yeah, Interstellar. That's my problem. The buddy. Florida. The project. movie that you said you didn't re- that you related to the most, like it's about coding. I'm into it, and then you're gonna go and put Parasite at number one while using that same argument. Like I didn't to- say that's the one I related to the most. <laughs> yes, Interstellar you- probably uh, was the one that back. I relate to the most. We gotta, we gotta listen back to the. the I relate to the the coding aspect because of the where it's set, literally where it's set. They get the the tech, you know, industry and all that stuff, like pretty much correct. Like the setting is amazing. I think it's cool, but like, I don't relate oh, to Mark well, Zuckerberg as a character, bro. Use, like, oh my gosh, don't use your argument for uncut gems as not being a safety bro for never having gambled or anything. But it's true. Though. It's literally like, I, documented I in episode one that Ray said he wasn't sure if Social Network would make his top ten. He quickly corrected himself after I pressed it, but you once said it was not going to make it. Okay, so I quickly corrected. I must have misworded it. I think that's what I ran with everything that came after. Previously on Real Deep Cuts. Yeah, yeah. Definitely wouldn't be in my top 10, but, you know. That's you hard. This. Yeah, 10 years, though. I mean, I would have to make a list. I don't even know if it would be in my top 10, but, you know, it's just like one of those rewatchable things. the last 10 things. years of the 2010s? I think it was Yeah, good. I don't know. I would, no I would have to think be, about based it. Based on how you talk about that movie, there's no way. I don't know. It's the best written screenplay of all time. Oh, <laughs> it's one of the be best. It's my favorite one. screenplay I've ever read. And it's not going to be in your top 10 of the 2010s? There's no way. Even if it ends up being number ten, which is oh, too high, it there's could be no number way. 10. Could be number ten. So, because I was still in shock. But also to Richie's but, fault, it's like why would he make it as number one if he couldn't even think of it as in his number ten at first? Like it would never happen. Even if it, even I don't think it's, it is. Oh, raised. right. I think I said like maybe it might not make it number ten. You did. Then. And I even it, it said it. number five. Yeah, I even yeah. said no, I don't believe this. You defend this movie every time I bring it up. That's my that's my. I don't like, think it's Ray's number one. Tyler. Truly, yeah. I think he loves it's, it, but I don't think it's his number one. I think one. he loves it too. But now, once upon a time is a much. I don't, I don't know. I don't say much. There you go. Like, <laughs> it is one thing that I do. I deserves do, the, uh, your love for Once Upon a Time is stronger than Social Network. Absolutely. I'm surprised that that wasn't your number one. He just iffied that though. This is where I'm coming from. Not telling Ray. What his number one is, but I'm just. I'm pretty sure. I guess like I rate it out of perfection of. Again, yeah. trying to think objectively, not personally. Yeah. I am. Thinking well, I mean, personally, mean? I, 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 I do. I do like Parasite. I mean, would you guys say like literally that doesn't speak to me? I think more personally than the others. Well, I realistically, just reject your hypothesis. If you're gonna tell me that you've like infiltrated rich people houses and pretending to be a poor person oh yeah totally the the aspect of asian families and the dynamic of that that doesn't speak to me in any way shape or form absolutely not like oh boy but you got five you got five this is already (laughs) more heated than the actual list it is yeah who's going next yeah um, Wait, did you finish? Yeah, you got five points? Uh, okay, so yeah. seven, For, I seven got, plus five is uh, 12 points total. Okay, so we're doing overall. Wait, what do yeah, you mean? we're doing Just, cumulative, okay. cumulative right, points. Cool. I got eight. So, you, so Richie got total got five. Eight. 
five. No, you got seven for me. Got eight. Yeah, I bro. thought it was seven. How? Oh, I'm I don't know. Never mind. Cheat, bro. I'm, I'll tell you right counts. now. Let's go. Blade Runner. No. Blade no, we already did do this again. <laughs> Count them out. I'm telling you. I'm go. shutting okay. your butt down. Right, whatever. I got seven. Whatever. Fucking drain on. You got twelve overall. There you go. Django. All right. This is like embarrassing. I got. I got it. Fuck you. All right, Ray, Ray go, Ray go. Okay, who am I doing that starting first? It doesn't matter. Okay, Jer, I got Django, number 10. That's wrong. It's on my Obviously. list, one point. Okay, one point. Once Upon a Time at number nine. Um, Interstellar at... <laughs> so that's two, though, right? Or... That's two points, yeah. Okay, Interstellar at eight. Mm-hmm. That's three. Mm-hmm. Sound of Metal, which didn't make it, at seven. Mm-hmm. Uncut Gems at six. That didn't make it. Florida Project at four. Uh, so that's four, mm-hmm. uh, number. Oh, I'm sorry. Number five, that's Florida project, but that's four points. Mm-hmm. Uh, shape of water, at number four, Midsommar at number three, which didn't make it. Do I have five right now? Or I, cause I had four. No, did shape of water make it or no? Oh, no, it didn't. Oh shit. Okay. Portrait of a lady on fire at number two and then good time one at number two. one. Yeah. Good time <sighs> at number one. So I well, got f- you. Five points total for me. Okay. So five there. Let me just tally that there just in case I forget. But Rich, (laughs) I put 127 hours at number 10. (laughs) 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 At number 10, I put Parasite at nine. Um, Uh, Shape of Water at eight. Uh, So that's that's one, one, I think. That's one, yeah. I put Revenant at number seven. Uh, which didn't make it i put honey boy at six <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, su- I'm surprised that i watched that movie with you and we like are we we went about well, you I loved it right and then i was like it. no we did not love it we had i didn't love it i personally did not really yeah, yeah. It, Rich was just being a hero it. for shy he's like yeah, i see what he's <laughs> going for no don't even don't even go there <laughs> I, I was shy as being hard for that film, but even I saw it through, you know, a lot of its error. Oh, oh my god. Right. Okay, okay. Uh, Django, that made your list, right? Number five? That but it's, did it's... not make my list. Oh, it didn't? Okay, so no. I still only have one. Let me see. Oh, Florida I'm Project. the only person who put Django on their list. Y'all are fucking liars. Fucking oh, lies. There have been a lot of lies in this roast tonight. <laughs> Florida Project number four. Did that make one? Or no? What a project did not. Yeah. No, my phone just Fucking died, so. shit. Good time. Number three. That didn't make it. Interstellar made it, but it's number two and then Uncut Gems at number one. Yeah. Yeah, Good. so I got three there. And I'm officially losing because I have eight. Oh, fuck. Um, might actually fucking win. Yeah, I think we're fucked. I think uh, I got four for you, right, right? All right. Uh, no, you got five. You got five for okay. me. Okay. Because it's two points if you get it the right, um, ah, right spot, correct? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you should have twelve, if I'm not mistaken. I have twelve. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All Jer? right. I put for Rich at number ten. I put Place Beyond the Pines. Hmm. It's just a little bit higher up. Mm-hmm. That's one point. Let me write this down. I don't even know how I'm doing this. Okay. Uh, yeah. Place Beyond the Pines. Uh, number nine, Logan. <clears throat> Damn, that's a good one. I was surprised I didn't make it either of your lists. We saw together. We cried together, bro. Um, Number eight, Midsummer, not on your list. Mm. Uh, Number seven, Split. 
Damn. Ah, he called it. There you go. There you go. So that's two points, right? Django, Mm -hmm. not on your list. Interstellar, on your list, right? On the list. Uh, Florida Project, on the list? Not on the list. Not on the list. Fuck you, dude. Piece of shit. Damn. Um, Number three, Good Time. That's not on the list. Oh, uh, that's on the list? So it's four points total now? Mm, I had four then. With okay, you. You and then Shape of Water number two was close. Oh, you're real close. Uh, so I'll give myself a point for that. And then number one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Damn. So that, that's six. Did that make you but all the wrong order. None, none of them in the right order. None of them in the right huh. spot. I mean. Okay, okay. So six for Rich, and then that's good. I don't know. Once Upon a Time wasn't on my list. I don't think it wasn't. No. I think oh, I have I it at number it 11. Yeah. Oh my God, this guy is My phone fucked. just died. Hold on. I'm going to go plug it in really quick. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess you could just move on to me if that's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Wait, that's five. You guys already fucked me. Like it's over. <laughs> All right. If I, if I don't, I'm, yeah, no, it's, it's the writing's on the wall. Now it's between me and, and Rich. You might uh, get it. I, I mean, I have yeah. about, okay. yeah, I think I have like 11 or 12. Uh, I think you have 12. Yeah. Go ahead. Sure. Okay, ready? Number 10, Portrait. Okay, that's one. Number nine, Django. Not there. Number eight, Her. Not there. Number seven, Shape of Water. Number seven. Oh, now you now you don't have two points, but you got it. Like, so that's, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's two. Number. Yeah, that's two there? now. That's right. two points. Um, number six, overall. Blade Runner. Six. Uh, it's on there, but three. Okay, uh, three points. Uh, Florida yeah, Project. Uh, okay, that's four points. Number four is Social Network. Wait, are you sure? We're at number five now. We should be at number five. Wait, wait, wait. Florida Project is number five. Are you sure? Ten, nine, eight, seven, six. Blade Runner. Five. Florida Project. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, never mind. Okay, Florida Project's at three for me, so that's five points. No. Oh no! Social networks at five for me. I'm sorry. Do you guys not have these numbered yourselves? I'm curious. I did number them. Number ten, portrait. Number nine, Django. Number eight, Uh her. Uh Number seven, Shape of Water. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Number six, Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. So how many points is that? That's one, two. Yeah, three. Three, and then four for for a project. Social Mm -hmm. network five. Okay, that's uh, if yeah, social network at five. That's six points because. That's two points because that's the correct number for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's six. Yeah. Interstellar. Seven. Okay. And Parasite is number two. Okay. That's three. <laughs> give me so much shit. And it was your number two. Three. For real, dude. How is that? <laughs> it was. It was so close, though. Okay, but I knew good. the truth. It should have been Hollywood, okay. which is also on okay. your list. Okay, I think you might have nine. Yeah, I have. I've counted nine. Yeah, I think you have nine points for yeah, me. Yeah, I got the same thing. Where's that from? I got the, oh, social network, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just check your math on that. <laughs> All right. Sick. All right. That's nine points. So That's a lot. To, so Damn. I win the fucking thing. I get to pick the movie. 
Yes. I thought about this. Did you guys even think of a movie you wanted to us to watch? Maybe I completely forgot, but it worked out anyways because <laughs> you won, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter I at this point. I, I want to know what promise. bullets we dodged. What movie would you have made us watch if you had to make us watch any movie? Like any movie? Any movie, yeah. That we have or haven't seen? It doesn't matter. Any movie. You had to make us all oh watch Oh, my God. It. I have to think. This is hard. Oh, man. The Muppets movie. Just... Off the top of my head, the Muppets movie. That's what I would have chose. If you ask, I would say the Warriors because I know you guys haven't watched the Warriors. Neither one of you have you. Oh, yeah, like one of my favorite. Well, it's it's we have to make everybody watch the movie, right? Or was it making? Yeah, 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 right. Okay, so you'd Ray would rewatch it. But what about you, Rich? The Muppets movie. Just again, that's all I can think of. (laughs) The Muppets movie. Why? I don't know. I haven't dodged a bullet, Ray. (laughs) (laughs) We did. (laughs) We did. You know. All right. I would have definitely picked. I am picking. Uh, pink flamingos uh-huh. for you guys oh i've been wanting to watch this i'm scared man good i'm yeah, so no. scared of course i'm gonna what do you think i'm gonna pick a fun movie that i like no I'm wait hold on how many fun... points did you get? i could have how, how many points yeah. did you get first off Jeff? i got nine for ray and yeah, fucking like no or, it was like six for rich i think okay. oh never mind or seven <laughs> almost. okay but yeah. uh chicken dinner yeah. pink flamingos right, pink flamingos i can't wait that would have probably been a deep cut at some point, but it's not super deep. But yeah. no, now I got to subject you guys to that movie. I can't wait. I'm okay. With I'm actually that. excited. I'm also terrified, but I can't wait. You guys should not. Uh, to anyone listening, I know that maybe some of you guys should probably not watch Pink Flamingos. No, uh, you haven't seen it. You can't say that. I recommend <laughs> everybody. To, I just know. That's my. Def- I haven't seen it, so I can't say a thing. I just. I mean, would, wouldn't you agree it's a film not for everyone, though? Jared? No, I would show it to my grandparents and the whole family. You're a madman. <laughs> You're an evil bastard. <laughs> uh, it's got some It's got some material in there that might not be suitable for some audiences. Yeah. but For younger, especially. <laughs> but we're not some audiences. Right? Yeah, that's true. We are not some audiences. So well, I'm excited, yeah, though. I'm everything. really stoked. Mm-hmm. Really stoked to watch this. Been wanting to. Well, that uh, was to mentally uh, prepare myself. Yeah, that was. How was that? Thanks again. Who had for the best list? Everyone there. For our top ten. We survived the gauntlet. Uh, we did. We did it. We didn't. We're, all, we're know, still friends. <laughs> we're still friends. Still friends. friends. Just close. What was the biggest issue you guys had with me? You guys didn't. You guys didn't come at me for my list. I, I, I like. I think. Yeah, uh, I like your list. Let me see. Uh, I was just, I just thought Good Time would be number one. There was just no way in hell I thought Florida Project would like be number one over Good Time. But you got me. You got me. All right. I guess that's it for our 2010s list. We are still friends. It was tough at moments. Right. But it's all good. Uh, We can move on to what we watched throughout this week. Uh, Jared, did you want to start with this one? Uh, Sure. I guess so. I did. I did a double feature of Blow Up by Michelangelo Antonioni. i never seen this. 1966. Uh, very popular, influential movie. And I dug it quite a bit. I've, while I was watching it, I wasn't completely grabbed. It's a little bit meandering and aimless. Uh, sort of has a hangout vibe. But once I started to realize what it was all about, you know, why this character was such a sleaze and what it was trying to say, it kind of just clicked and I really, really Mm -hmm. dug it. And it's one of those movies that I liked more thinking about afterwards than I did 
most of the watching, but yeah, uh, I did really like it. I think it's, uh, you know, a kind of a critique on, um, you know, what it means to be a filmmaker critique on the seductive nature of, of images, especially in film. I, I don't think it's explicitly going after film, but the main character is a photographer who kind of lives it's in the sixties kind of like, you know, posh London, He's a kind of a, a scumbag sleazeball. He just, he's a bit mm-hmm. of an asshole. And, but the whole movie is him kind of just doing random things, like trying to, you can tell he's just trying to find like meaning and stuff and just driving around and going to these antique shop. He gets an airplane propeller and then he stumbles upon this couple at a park, which you could argue he's drawn to them because he maybe envies their connection, this very intimate, yeah. like romantic connection that he can't have, even though he has all these women in his life. It's not, it's very, you know, vapid, meaningless. But um, I think that's the whole movie is it's about kind of like the meaninglessness of things and finding mm. meaning in that stuff. But anyway, he takes photos of them and then um, the girl finds out and she's very like, you know, give me the camera. I want the footage. And he's like, no. And she follows him back to his apartment and they start hanging out again. It leads to this whole thing about he looks back at the photos, he blows up the images and then he realizes that there he witnesses like a man with a gun in the bushes and -hmm. starts piecing together like, Oh, is this a murder thing? And then he looks at the images more and there's a body. The man that was with her is now there's a body there and it's this whole murder mystery thing. And he starts to realize that like images now that they contain something, they contain evidence of murder and, and it's a, it's a reminder of the, you know, your own mortality um and death and the heaviness of that it's like all of a sudden all this other stuff starts to mean less you know all this shit that he takes pictures of outfits and fashion and you know art of that scene starts to just mean less and it's like what is the what is even all of this about what is this for like i just witnessed a murder like that's fucking real and he's now has the responsibility to like potentially solve this murder because he has the evidence and so it kind of just becomes a question of morals and responsibility. And you can kind of see that Antonioni, I think, is making commentary on how filmmakers mm-hmm. have that same responsibility. Like, do you just make bullshit or do you want to make things that are truth? Because, you know, the power of images that the power that images have over people. So, damn, you described uh, that like, gave me a little uh, a bit of feeling of uh, what is it? Nightcrawler. Just, you know, the fact that oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. that little explanation that you. you Absolutely. Know, yeah. I mean, with. I can see that for sure. For sure. Um, I haven't watched this film in such a long time. I think I watched it only once and it was in film school. And oh, you did watch it. Um, yeah, but like I had no idea. What, like at that time, you know, I have mm-hmm. like a different, you know, perspective, I guess, in film now. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was so confused of what the hell was going on. Oh, yeah. Because it is a bit slow pace, you know. I in, felt in certain... that way like through halfway through the movie and right, I started yeah. to realize like, oh, okay. I see what Antonioni's stepping in. But yeah, but your I, explanation has made me like, damn, I should rewatch it because I've been meaning to rewatch it. And now like that explanation and kind of perspective on it definitely like encourages me to mm-hmm. rewatch this. And it, it really, a lot of people say this make, movie makes no sense and it's pointless, but like, that's the yeah. point. That's yeah. That's the point the of the point. film. I mean, and it's not just doing that, like trying to bore you for the sake of that. It's like, you're trying, you're looking at this guy trying to find meaning and like doing these things and right. there's meaning, there is meaning behind the, the ways and the places in which he looks, but also, you know, um, 
I think it's, you know, the atmosphere is good. It's still enjoyable. It's not a complete bore, but if you're trying to follow any particular plot, you probably yeah, be a little bit lost. That's the problem, yeah. Um yeah, but um there's a bunch of little things in that movie. Like there's the Jimmy Page is in it. They have the Yardbirds play. And oh. uh there's a part where the uh Beck is also in the Yardbirds like throws a guitar or he breaks it and then he throws the neck into the audience and then mm. everyone goes crazy for it, right? Obviously it's Beck's guitar. Mhm. And it's just kind of like weird underground rock show that people seem a little bit disconnected. And but then, you know, oh, of course, the neck and the guitar, the neck of the guitar flies out. They all go after it. The main character grabs it. He's running away. They're all chasing him. And he finally just lets go of it. He drops it. And then like somebody looks at it who doesn't know what the guitar is, like doesn't know what it represents. Yeah, yeah. But he picks it up and he looks at it and he's like, the fuck is this? This is junk. And he just throws it on the ground. And that right there is like a metaphor for like the meaninglessness mm. of things, the meaninglessness of art and like how, you know, not necessarily of art, but just how we put these things on pedestals that right. don't really yeah. mean it's a piece. It's a guitar. It's yeah. a broken piece of guitar. Like that's the reality. Like Obviously cool. people apply meaning to it because it's like, Oh, it's Beck's guitar. And yeah. It's Beck's and guitar. But like, what does that really mean? And you know, just kind of challenging that perspective. So I really liked yeah. it. Um, I really gotta be watching though. I think there's like one scene in that film that like I always remember, which I found so odd when I first watched it, or the only time I watched it was when he's like photographing the girls, and then all of a sudden he he's like having a good time, right? And then all of a sudden he just gets mad and like throws them throws them all out of his house. Yeah, I was like, what the hell was that? Like I was I was so confused. I think it's just... because he sees the uh, image, he realizes there's a body oh, in the picture. Okay. And yeah, then again, yeah. it's like the the weight and the heaviness of the situation. He realizes like, yeah, having threesomes is fucking it's great and fun and hedonistic. That's the whole point. Right, He's but... attacking hedonist hedonism. Mm -hmm. And then he realizes the severity of the situation. He's like, wait, there's a fucking dead guy on my fucking camera. Like there's a dead guy. His image is blown up on my, you know, in my house. And I'm sitting here having meaningless sex with you know oh, underage like women. Okay. It's just like okay. he's just like, get the fuck out of here. Like I gotta yeah. I got to deal with real shit now you know and you know and then just he, told him like hey fuck off <laughs> yeah so i i thought that was what i got out of it but yeah i really yeah. like blow up but to cap off my blow to blow double feature mm -hmm. i watched blow out by brian de palma and i haven't seen everything by de palma but i can definitely say this is my favorite i think it is a masterpiece in my opinion i loved blow out so much this was like every, you know, it takes a little bit of blow up. Obviously, the name is not a coincidence. Mm -hmm. um, and then Francis Ford Coppola's conversation is influenced by blow up as well. And this does take elements of the conversation. Mm -hmm. But in a, in a way that's so genius, this movie is much more about attacking cinema specifically, movies specifically. Whereas Antonioni is doing it in a much broader sense. Uh, yeah. this one is much more, I think it also attacks politics and, and other things it's, but it's a, uh, it's a really fun time. Like blow up, as you said, it's kind of aimless and meandering mm -hmm. blow out is the complete opposite. It is like a thrilling, fun movie. It is takes that mystery that takes almost like an hour to get to and blow up. It hits you right off the head, right on the head with that, like in the first five minutes. And it's, you know. It's a it's a great time. Feels a lot like a lot of paranoid conspiracy thrillers, like the conversation, and mm. uh, like Parallax View, and just kind of, you know, it's making homages to Hitchcock and other things. It feels very much aware that it, of itself as a movie, but um, 
just also implementing filmmaking uh, techniques in a very like stylistic way, but also in a way that's like very metatextual. Like it, it's aware of itself as a movie. So it's playing up these things. Like for example, in blow up, you're dealing with a guy who takes these pictures and then he blows them up to get a better look at what the situation is. Right. Mm-hmm. And then in conversation, this is a guy who is a wiretapper and he aims his microphone, like a kind of like a gun, almost like a mic gun. Oh, okay. And he spies on people's conversations. He has to go back and re-listen to all the different audio. And he's listening. It's very great sound design in that film because he's listening to the specific little hints and the way in which they talk and things they say and what they mean to try and unravel this conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And then in this movie, he's a, you know, he's a Foley artist for horror films. So he does that thing that the guy does in conversation, but um, you know, he, 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 it's the same kind of deal where he's coming to terms. He's coming to find out the mystery by listening in on the conversation, listening to specific details in the sound. But then he also finds a guy who recorded it from a distance and he uses that film to then, then he has to sync up the film and the, the sound together to determine like whether a shot was fired or not to see the flare oh, of the shot to, and with that's the sound cool. and mer- and so that's a thing you do in editing as, as in yeah. filmmaking. That's yeah. what you do in editing is you sync up audio with video. So this Foley artist now has to do an editor's job to solve this mystery. It's such a genius idea. Like it's so cool. And it does that a lot. And he's, and yeah. he's just, a, I mean, he's a movie guy. He's a sound engineer for a movie, but he's also like the this playing this like noir detective for this mm-hmm. murder mystery assassination and i don't know the whole movie is just a blast to watch super stylish anybody we recognize in it john travolta baby he's the main oh, he's the hell yeah. and he is so good in this movie hands down his best performance outside of pulp fiction and this is actually the movie i think tarantino saw and was like this is why i want john travolta as vincent vega you can kind of see it you can kind of see what tarantino saw in his performance here so it is really really cool uh really just awesome fucking movie this also got announced for criterion 4k along with sound of metal 4k so oh that's that's a day one buy for me yeah so yeah i haven't watched it so but i mean i really i mean i think i think it's on my list already prior to you mentioning it but that sounds pretty cool, man. They're on there with the rest. Yeah. Good yeah. double feature, then. Definitely worth yeah. checking out. Sweet yeah. double feature. I couldn't believe, but this thing was a five. Like, blow up, I, I had it at a four. It felt more like a three and a three and a half range for the first mm. half. But, you know, upon thinking about it, I was like, you know, this has a lot to say. This movie has a, a good amount yeah. to say. I'm giving it a four. This movie was so like, once it ended, I was like, Phew. I mean, you didn't even take it to end. It was just like, this is so fucking good. Damn, I got a five banger. Hell yeah, man. What about you, Rich? You watch anything, man? Uh, Throughout the week? I actually did not. I'm sorry. It's all good, man. Sorry, listeners. I only did my homework. I didn't do anything. I basically (laughs) did the same, dude. I mean, kind of. I mean, I watched, uh, I finished Stranger Things. So I went two weeks straight, man. I didn't think I was going to love it, but it's one of those like, just like, I mean, there's nothing insane about it or like, you know, The Sopranos. You know, I think The Sopranos has a lot to say and all that stuff. But like, man, Stranger Things is a fun watch. Yeah. 
and I finished it um, waiting on volume two, which is like on July 1st. So it's like the last two episodes for Stranger Things 4. So, I mean, I watched that and I also watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again. Um, but we already talked about that <laughs> in regards been to our list. Like so I don't know if we should get back into it, but... Oh, I, you know, I, did, uh, I did actually finish uh, this. I guess if we're talking about TV shows, I did finish Barry. The oh, okay. Season. How was that? It's actually, it's, that? It actually got really good again. I will say okay. I'm back on the Barry board. Um, uh, dude, Bill Hader can direct. Um, I don't know how many of the episodes he directed because I didn't mm-hmm. actually start paying attention at the beginning of the season, but I believe he directed at least the last three episodes. And there's a lot of, you know, good shots in there specifically there's like you know a highway chase where it's completely you know like motorcycle lane splitting and Mm -hmm. i will say i don't know if any other movies maybe like a mission impossible movie does you know motorcycle chase really well but this one is probably the most realistic at least for you know california i believe they're like on the 170 freeway well you know it's jam-packed it's it's very very fun uh i will give it to barry season three it it has that's on hbo right? yeah it is on hbo um, oh okay nice. and nice. i honestly only thought you know i guess i don't know i, I didn't notice at first because obviously you know episode ends directed by you know whoever but i guess i only started noticing that bill Hader directed the the last few episodes but um but the guy's good he's directing the whole next season the guy's good honestly Whoa. i'm sure he directed more episodes i this, these are only the ones that i could recall after watching you know weekend after weekend but mm. um yeah but I'm well, back into it. I remember I was not too enthused with the start of the season, but you know, it's it's uh it's back up there again. Uh, Hell yeah. yeah, that's that's all I gotta say about that. Nice. Let's get it. Let's get it. So well, it's a pretty short week for us. I mean, in regards to like films we watch or shows, whatever. Uh, I did uh, I did watch a lot more. We kinda talk we talked about Jaws, Cruel Jaws. Um yeah. The one I really wanted to mention, I think it might be the best movie I watched all week, hmm. uh, is um, The Last Picture Show, which like... Oh, I haven't watched it. Damn. This movie was just one of those movies. It's it's I will say, like right off the bat, it's a melancholic film. It's very depressing, I would mm-hmm. say. I think it does have some moments of levity, although you can argue that it doesn't. You know, maybe the weight of the reality around them is just too crushing, but uh, it's it's a coming of age movie, and who doesn't love coming of age movies? I love coming of age films. I love hangout films. I love those kinds of stories. And this is, I think, apparently the very first one. So before mm-hmm. that term was really even a thing, before Stand by Me and all that, this came out in 1971. Peter Bogdanovich and uh, a Jeff Bridges, a young Jeff Bridges, co-stars in this film. He is awesome. I'd never seen him so young. He's literally plays like a high schooler, but, uh, <laughs> but I can recognize him. There's even some little Lebowski isms here and there that he has, but, uh, yeah, this movie is just like in the, I, I call it in my review, American grief Edie. Cause it's like American graffiti, but a lot more despairing, like just a lot more, um, honest i would say authentic mm-hmm. to because it's a different setting you know it's not as lively as days to confuse that movie's all in one night and that takes place you know love you know, that film yeah it's a good time you kind of love yeah. spending the time with the characters there this one is not so much about a good time it's just kind of being brutally honest about 
this era, this like fading fifties Americana and, you know, this really small bumfuck town out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. in Texas that has nothing going for it. The only place that everyone hangs out is the, uh, the picture show, the theater. And that's their, that's their spot. And their friend is a projectionist. And so it's like their little, their little escapist portal. Um, but in throughout the movie, they're just kind of dealing with, you know, the anxious loneliness of, you know, growing up and not knowing where they want to go, where, whether they go to war to college or stay behind and take over the business. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of heartbreak and fall in love and unrequited love. And, uh, just a lot of nostalgia and just it's a very, very um, somber, but very truthful representation of that stage after mm-hmm. like right after high school and and just the backdrop of it. Like the whole soundtrack is Hank Williams. And so it kind of just gets this like sad country vibe going for it the whole time. It's black and white. Um is it just Hank Williams music or is it just it's, it's like, Hank, Hank, like they're like they're driving like. around in their rusty trucks like listening to Hank Williams on the radio okay okay that's kind of like the vibe or they're in a diner and Hank Williams is playing it's like Hank Williams everywhere basically it's that's the vibe <laughs> of the film it does take place in the 50s uh but like it is shot in the 70s so it still has that quality of like it's newer made but it feels mm-hmm. older because it's black and white it's a cool effect that it has very like unique feel and yeah man it's just like it's just, I thought it was profound. I thought it was, it felt deeply personal, kind of reminded me a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's, like how he handles relationships in terms of like two people that are probably shouldn't be with each other, but they are broken people mm. and they find something in each other and that keeps them together, you yeah. know? And it just like, even though no one else can understand it and maybe they don't even understand it, like they're drawn to each other and in this way that could be deemed toxic or, you know, not, except socially acceptable, but that's the honesty of it. Cause that's how life is. So I, I, I loved the last picture show. I thought it was incredible. Everybody should see this movie. I mean, like I said, it is sad, but it's like, I don't know. I think it handles the kid characters very well. No one in this movie feels like a character. The actors don't feel like actors. They all feel like people and the adults too. Like that's another difference is that, the adults in this movie are characters. They're not just like moms and dads in the background. Like they all, they kind of have a role to play and you start to realize as the kids stop being kids and they become adults, they're kind of, you know, as, as they're looking forward, the adults are looking back and they're like, look, thinking about their regrets and their, you know, lives and kind of showing like how like, damn, like even the adults don't have it figured out. Like they're just as Mm -hmm. lost as we are, you know, in this small little town of Anarine, just older. Yeah. So yeah, man, it's a it's a heavy sigh of a film, but it is beautiful. Damn. And that um, made me already. Now you're depressing sad. this entire podcast. Yeah. Man. I'm just like depressed. Yeah, I actually want to watch it. I all love man. All our lost viewers that don't have it figured out are just like <laughs> none of us do, man. <laughs> yeah, man, I love the Last Picture Show. So anyway, that's it for us, guys. Uh, <laughs> what? what oh my god what oh man anyway tune in next week <laughs> we'll be in better spirits we promise hopefully um, and my name that, is richard that sounds and that sounds like an excellent watch 
Uh, yeah, man. To, I recommend it. Dude. Young Jeff Bridges. Need I say more? Yeah. So honestly. good. It's on Criterion. Cool. You got to watch it before it leaves. Oh, okay. It's fucking I still really haven't used man. your Criterion, man. This is like the, this is it. This is like what started all the Hangout films, even before American Graffiti, oh, yeah? which I think is the, the highlight, or I'm sorry, the blueprint of like, you know, everyone's favorite hangout mm-hmm. film like oh we're gonna go have a good time and party and stuff like that this one's not so much about that <laughs> it's not wholly dreary there's still hangouts and there's still parties but i think it's just a little bit more truthful about you know what's what's brewing underneath you know uh, so damn yeah hell yeah hell yeah i just followed up with another picture last picture show movie that's actually why i watched this one i did a double feature um i was actually more excited for this film last uh or sorry it's called goodbye dragon Inn. it's a taiwanese film people have rated this extremely high and i just thought you know i love movies about theaters closing down because they're super depressing mm-hmm. like cinema paradiso uh that's why i watched last picture show i think that's it's the best of that genre even though i wish it had more theater stuff that's maybe my only gripe but this one is the opposite where it's all about the theater experience and there's really no characters there's really no dialogue and there's really no story. Goodbye Dragon Inn is like just uh, a long, quiet, it's slow cinema straight up in the in the genre. And it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a meditation on this last night of a theater being open. So it's literally just there's movie playing and there's it's just showing the people who are somewhat characters, but they're not named and they don't talk. They're just kind of yeah. sitting there. And, you know, sometimes there's some funny stuff that happens. Like there's a couple that choose loudly. Or there's somebody who puts up their feet and, you know, the guy reacting to it. And there's people who like out of the whole empty theater choose to sit right next to you. Just stuff like that. I do that stuff in like the urinal. It kind of just goes over. But again, there's hardly any words spoken. It's very slow. It's just one of those things where if you have a special experience with this movie, it's much more about the thoughts and memories it brings out in you specifically and not Mm -hmm. what the film is showing you. So. I maybe wasn't in the right headspace. I was still recovering from last picture show. Um, I had some moments where I was like, damn, I missed this about theater. And I missed this theater that closed down. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. It was, uh, it was good. It just did not live up anywhere near my expectations. Sucks to say, but damn, it's three, right, 3.5. Definitely good. I think pe- people's ratings for this, I, they're having some sort of spiritual transcendent experience with kind of a, viewing this as like a you know a, a painting in some yeah, yeah. form but didn't quite happen for me but yeah damn right. that's actually All funny right. to say that you know starting to realize that you know i miss this theater or you get bummed when you see a theater go down uh the landmark on pico out here is officially closed it's as gone. of last month yeah that was a that was a uh that was one of our favorite mm. theaters right we saw a lot of movies there um what was the last movie we watched? I, I forgot. I think we watched oh, uh, Everything Everywhere. Or... Oh, yeah. Yeah, we oh, did. Yeah, right? What a way to cap it off. Yeah. I was <laughs> kind of bummed. I wanted to get one last viewing in before, you know, it officially went well, down. Dang, Friday. yeah. One last that, Friday, that's yeah. tough. But, yeah, uh, that sucks. But, yeah, I don't know. That just struck a chord when you just mentioned, you know, you get nostalgic or, you know, you get, you know, sad when you think about theaters that once were, are no oh, longer. Yeah. yeah. Dude, the arc light, man. Like, I know that's like yeah. not necessarily a small art house theater, but they did show a lot of independent movies and they did. It's, yeah. It's a landmark, man. That shit mm-hmm. is it's in, it's in one spent time in Hollywood. Yeah. That was a big bummer. That was my go. Yeah, that's tough. 
Because then you had, it's like, that was the best that you could make a day out of that. Cause like you go to a movie, you know, these oftentimes they'd have props behind like glass displays that have yeah. outfits, props. They'd have the cars from the film, like straight up. Cause you're in fucking Hollywood. This is no bullshit. The shit in the movie that you just saw right there in the flesh. And, and, um, and then right as you walked out, you could just walk right over to Amoeba music. Yeah. Fucking best, mm-hmm. best record store in LA. And that even moved to a different location. That now, which is, is gone crazy. Now. It's like all yeah. different. It's all fucked up, man. That pl- yeah. That's literally just a thing of the past now. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, kind of sad. We're getting really sad. <laughs> getting all sad, dude. Well, it happens. It happens. I think we can got to keep on find a way on to uh, to bring up our spirits. Because I know somebody who's very excited to talk about a movie they just watched. <laughs> can't wait bring him on take it away Jack. alright well this is the segment the uh, Father's Day segment I'm going to call my dad he listened to our previous episode about Ford versus Ferrari and he hadn't watched it but that motivated him to watch it and now he's going to give us his thoughts Yeah, I, he kind of already spilled a little bit of what he thought of it and I was like no 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 you got to save it for the for the podcast hey, is he gonna be it. able to hear us me and rich right now um no i don't think so damn but i'll let you well i'll just kind of you know just me yeah thing. just be the bridge be yeah the be bridge. the bridge um if you guys have any questions let me know and i'll ask him uh, for sure but yeah <laughs> yeah tell him we said hi all right <laughs> well, let's let's find out is does it get the dad seal of approval Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> How you doing? Hey, what was that? You had the you had the game going on? <laughs> no, I'm listening to some my records. Oh nice. We got a we got a big taste of that. Happy uh happy Father's Day. Yeah, from me and Rich too. Yeah, Rich and Ray say hello. They you won't be able to hear them, but I'm just kinda gonna host here. I'm gonna still say it anyway. Okay. Hi Paul. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, <laughs> For the listeners, this is my dad, Paul, and uh, yeah, well, I have to ask, you listened to our episode about you or me lending you, or giving you practically, Ford versus Ferrari, and uh, you know, you hadn't seen it, so what is, what are your thoughts? Oh man, well, I mean, right off the bat, I, I know the difference now between just a regular DVD and uh, 4K. <laughs> it's, in, it's in our blood, apparently. The sound. I mean, the sound was phenomenal. I mean, it, it's like, first of all, the movie, I could say this. It, I don't think it's for um, people who who just like uh, stories about cars um, because it wouldn't do, it wouldn't really do anything for those people. But if you love cars, if you love cars, cars, the movie, no, no, movies about racing, yeah, yeah, yeah. About cars, this is your movie this is because it really puts you in the driver's seat, so to speak. I mean, you get a, a peek into the mind of, of the, the, the characters that were played uh, so well. You know, by oh, uh, Matt yeah. Damon, Christian Bale. I mean, just 
phenomenal performances. I mean, just really entertaining. <laughs> I, mean, but I, I wish I could out. see uh, Richie's face right now as you're saying this. <laughs> <laughs> I could just—I I could see how this movie would probably not do much for people who like cars and enjoy uh, a nice movie uh, about cars. It wouldn't—it wouldn't move them as much. But I mean, I was—I was—I was all in. <laughs> right from the beginning the sound just the stuff that was unfolding the story of you know the, they were literally the, the little guy versus um uh, a, a large corporation you know mm. battling that was that was always that was fun that was fun to, to see how they handled themselves yeah you know just uh you know just uh just the everyday all-american um all-american <laughs> yeah. is it dad approved though does this get Is the it? dad seal of approval? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think my age. Uh, was really oh man. I love that answer. In an era where we saw <laughs> these cars, you know, this, there was a mystique about the Ferrari and hey. the Ford, uh, competition. You know, that was like, you know, the 24 hours of Le Mans. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, who would think that Ford you know, of all manufacturers could, you know, compete against Ferrari. And this... Take it down. If you don't know the story, then, you know, I won't spoil it for you, but, I mean, obviously there's been a movie made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, about a, a very uh, uh, successful ending, in my opinion. You know, the details of which I was never aware of. So this movie uh, revealed a lot of those uh, details uh, those, those sort of hidden gems. Now I have to ask because I mentioned that this is kind of like a hot dog on a hot day with your dad type of you know film. What did you have to accompany your viewing experience? Did you eat anything specific? Any beer? Oh, I did. I Any did. beer? Um, what, what was the what was the? Um, I had, um, I prepared myself um, a big tub of popcorn. And, nice. Respect. Um, and I. Prepared myself. I guess a Jeremy seal of approval with the popcorn. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, okay, this this movie, you know, gosh, you know, it deserves a beer. Yeah. What, hey. kind, of beer? what kind of beer? <laughs> well, you know, I I had a I made a michelada. Nice. A okay. Red beer. So Respect. It was a red beer. You know, I I mean, I went all out. You know, I I was like, all right, I I had a a, a very large glass it's a two and a half hour movie so i thought okay you know i, I gotta be prepared and, uh, and i did use a frosted glass and put some ice went all in out and, uh, damn this yeah. was Before a religious dad experience yeah, that's exactly <laughs> yeah, what i was I'm thinking prepared. i mean you know, and i'll be honest with you when i first started this movie i was like i was not prepared for the sound i was like wow <laughs> because you can hear the engines revving and mm -hmm. The you know the crowd cheering in different yeah. segments of the movie you really it's it, it get embedded into the, the film so I, I think that production wise this was a phenomenally made movie the just just the way they told the story putting you in these different tracks around the world it was really just really took you there I mean as far as you know mm. if the effort was to transport you not only to a different time. Um, but just to a different era of Americana, you know, what it was, 
American pride in, in uh, car making and you know the challenge. There was a bit of insults thrown uh, both on both sides, uh, mainly by the Italians to the, the Ford uh, people. And um, yeah, that was kind of like, oh man, you know, you, you know. Then you get to see the story. Of, of Would you say there was an anti-Italian narrative in this film? Uh, I would say slightly. Yes. Maybe this is oh, the man. issue that Richie had subconsciously. Oh, oh yeah, this is gonna this is gonna go back. Ask, I, I'm not actually certain, but was Ford the little yeah, guy, or were they just the laughing stock of? So Richard has a question about back then. Yeah, um, just back then was Ford big or then, small? Was as a Ford considered big or small as a corporation? They were a big corporation, but they were not really known for their. Uh, for their design, they were not known for for their um, you know cool look on cars. Not until the Ford Mustang. Uh, yeah, I was going to say not much has changed outside of the Mustang, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, no one really says, "Wow, you know, have you seen that new Ford?" <laughs> um, people say that about the you know the Chevy uh, line of cars every year. Yeah. So, in your opinion, I want. I've always. I've always talked about dad core as a genre, and what it what it, what it means for a film to be considered dad core for it to be a dad film. What are some from the dad perspective? What are some movies that you would consider to be dad movies? Oh man, I mean, and your definition might be different because your dad grew up in a different era. So I'm curious. I, I did. I did grow up in a different era. So I mean. War movies were always uh, really big. Yeah. Growing up. Okay. Like, yeah, Saving Private sense. Ryan. Is that that makes sense. Saving Private Ryan. Well, I was a little bit older, but um, I was I was already a dad at that point. But was that a movie your dad liked? My dad liked war movies. He liked westerns. Oh, that's he my liked dad. Movies uh, about cars. Like I would say, dad. My dad's favorite um, movies were anything that Steve McQueen. Was in. That's a dad. dad Yeah, we did say Bullet was a good dad pick for. for... Yeah, Bullet was like, I think my dad's favorite car (laughs) chase sequence movie. And, um, you know, everyone knew. I mean, to to consider a car in a film as a character, Mm -hmm. everyone knew Eleanor. Just to, we just wrapped up our. top 10 movies of the 2010s and uh i know was putting you on the spot you don't have a list prepared what would you say off the top of your head is your favorite movie of the 2010s and why is it ford versus ferrari Um, that I don't know. I think so. Might have been twenty nineteen. Uh, okay. But I don't think that's your real answer. But if you want to, if you want to go ahead and do it for Dad's sake, oh, that's <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I would have to say whatever movies that Tarantino would have put out during that. <laughs> Definitely had a couple Tarantinos mm-hmm. on our list. I think Rich was the only one that didn't have any Tarantino, so you can boo him. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah. I, I, I would have to. 
Okay, between the the two, I'm sorry, there's three Tarantino three. films that came out in the 2010s. So I'll give you those. You can pick your favorite from those three. There was Django Unchained, Hateful Eight, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Of those three, what is your favorite, Tarantino? Say the right answer. Oh, of those three, I would say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Oh, Does that have the Jerry seal of approval? <laughs> uh, it's, the, it's the Jerry seal of approval for sure. Oh, man. <laughs> like, when I watched that movie, I, I kept thinking of, to myself, like, Jerry Seal what could he have done different to make it better? And I'm, hmm. Make it longer. Gosh. An hour longer. I just wish there was Honestly, just, yeah. yeah, more. I wanted yeah. more. When it was yeah. over, I was like, it was this feeling like, oh, I know it's over, but damn. I, I wanted more. I right mean, on. It just left you wanting more. To me, that's a perfect movie. And, um, you know, what that, a king. that's why I would say that's... I, of those, of those, I would choose that one. Yeah, okay. those, that's Respect a good pick. That. Respectful yeah. pick. It should have been raised number one, too, but uh, that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank Dad, you, Paul. Uh, All right. Yep. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, Bye Paul. Let's go. down on here more often. <laughs> what was what that? King. That could be a recurring segment. I honestly just want your dad to chime in more. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. We get some guests on the phone. That was fun, yeah. He's <laughs> a number one fan. Uh, need to get him a mic. We're clocking no. in at around four hours no, here. I know. I think yeah. we've said all we have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, that was a hell of an episode. It was jam-packed, but I think it was probably the most fun we've had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's been awesome. Yeah, for sure. Had a good feeling about this one, boys. Well. Oh, absolutely. Send us absolutely. out, Ray. All right, guys. That'll do it for this week. Don't forget, you guys can follow us at Letterbox. My name is Raymond. And, and my, my name is Richard. Is... Was coming. <laughs> he got me again. If anyone listening out there, Jeremy is my nemesis. He's a bully. All right. I don't want to take, I don't want to take away your handles. That's, that's messed up. Go ahead. Read your handle. Raymond. Letterbox handle. R-A-Y-A-M-P-A-R-O. Actually... This is Jeremy's turn, so don't play the damn thing. God damn. All right. Well, uh, yeah, my name is Jeremy, and my handle is at Spaced Cowboy, S-P-A-C-E-D-C-O-W-B-O-Y. And my name is Richard. And my name is Richard. I knew it. I knew it. me at Dick Visco. That's D I C K D I C K V I S P on Letterboxd. And thanks for listening, guys. Thank you for tuning We're out of here and listening to all that. Any day now, I will hear you say goodbye, my love. And you'll be on your way Then my wild, beautiful bird You will have flown Oh, any day now I'll be all alone 
And my name is Richard.